0: Free Talk Live, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 It's Mark with you. And Jason. Yeah, you, you might be wondering, where's Ian? And, and in fact, Ian is uh, at one of his Cheshire TV board meetings or something. And I guess he's going to roll in here whenever it's convenient for him
1: he's also enjoying his uh, newfound freedom because now his curfew has been lifted right mark
0: well i guess they didn't reinstate the uh the 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 tenants of his bail making him be in by 6 p.m so look out
1: keen ian's on the loose <laughs> right <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good Lord. So anyway, um, we are going to do a show for you. I, th- we think, I think Ian's going to show up. Um, Jason, introduce yourself.
1: Uh, hi, my name is Jason Talley. It's always a honor and a privilege to be on Free Talk Live. Uh, I run the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at CDEvolution.org. I'm also a blogger at FreeGrafton.com. And uh, make the occasional videos over at uh, tally.tv.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I mean, heck, we're going to talk about most of those things sometime this evening. But I, I know Ian doesn't want to miss talking to you about tally TV, and I don't want to, uh, take that away from him. So <laughs> let's go on straight to some, uh, some, some show prep here. Um, I've got an interesting story from, well, I got it from change.org, which generally, you know, not the greatest place for me to go looking for show prep, but, uh, Let me read it to you. Many of us have had uh, student teachers, those juniors and seniors in college who step into elementary school, middle school and high school classrooms to get some on the job training for anyone getting their degree in education. Student teaching is practically a requirement, a time to put what you've learned in the classroom into practice. But for at least one Oregon college student, the student teaching process seemed to be a reminder that in some school districts, it's not okay to acknowledge the existence of the. uh, They use that uh, those initials there: uh, LGBT—lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual,
1: transgendered—I
0: believe—transgendered people. And I don't know that necessarily those folks all go together, but uh, you know those those are that's the terminology that's out there says, uh, let's head on over to the Beaverton School District in the suburbs of Portland. There, st- Seth Stembaugh, a 23-year-old graduate st- teaching student at Lewis and Clark College, was told by a school district administrator that he was no longer allowed to, teach, uh, to student teach in the district. They told him he had made inappropriate comments and that he would have to find another school district to teach in. Now, you'd think if you just made some inappropriate comments, you could be counseled and then allowed to, to move on. I mean, surely every teacher has made some inappropriate comments over time. But just what were those inappropriate comments? According to the Portland Mercury, Stambaugh was asked to buy a student whether he was married. Stambaugh, openly gay, said that he was not, adding that he, it would be illegal for him to be married in the state of Oregon because he would choose to marry another guy. Asked by the same student whether that meant that Stambaugh liked hanging out with men, Stambaugh replied, yeah. They say that honesty is the best policy, but in this case, a parent in the school district caught wind of the conversation and went to the school administrators telling them that if they didn't remove Stambaugh from the classroom, the parent would remove his child. So the school uh, district called up Stambaugh and Lewis and Clark College and said that these comments were inappropriate and that Stambaugh would have to uh, have the uh, have to student teach elsewhere. So, I guess you can't say that you're gay there in Beaverton, uh, Oregon? You, pro- I-
1: you shouldn't be able to say Beaverton. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, so, wait, this is a college?
0: The Where he is student teaching is a they didn 't say whether it was a middle school or a high school it 's just a school was uh, what was- ma- mentioned and I get from the uh sort of naivety of the comment from the uh the, the student that asked the question that maybe we're talking about an elementary school i don 't know but the uh you know the, the comment here was uh, the the student was asked whether stambaugh liked hanging out with men and stambaugh replied yeah
1: oh well, i don 't care about that i I mean The issue is, like, telling the kid that he was gay, but it was totally appropriate, it seems to be, because he explained why he was not married. It it would be an illegal activity if he were married, so I think the teacher handled it well. Um, But it's not that he was fired, it's just that he wasn't given a job.
0: Correct. Uh, basically, he was, he was told that he would no longer be student teaching in the, the school district. So I don't even know if he was getting paid at all, which, okay. you know, maybe. Maybe he was, but he certainly wasn't considered an employee as a student teacher.
1: But it was a direct result of uh, him outing himself to one of the students.
0: Indeed. Uh, that, you know, what he spoke of he didn't say i'm gay or anything like that he just said that if uh you know the student asked if he was married he said he was not married it would be illegal for him to uh be married because the person he would choose to marry would be another guy and then the uh, student said "Well, does that mean he likes hanging out with men and stanbaugh said yeah
1: at some point these students are going to have to realize there are homosexuals among us indeed I don't see the big deal
0: yeah i I kind of I, I tend to see it that way you know when it comes to public school, you have that whole tragedy of the commons thing. if you're dealing with a very uh conservative Christian school here that I've certainly seen them before, you can see why, and I suppose you would um likely support that this guy would you know that they, they would fire somebody who was gay, right I mean sure. does that make sense? sure. The problem, and obviously, if it was a if it was a liberal school where everybody um, you know believed that everybody should have the same rights as everyone else, then that wouldn't be a problem either, uh, because you know no big deal. But here you have everyone mixed together in this giant, giant, hegemonic uh, institution. Uh, these public schools are just huge compared to uh, most private schools, and and most and honestly, most businesses. The idea that uh, private Public school is supposed to prepare you for the workplace just seems ludicrous to me. I've never worked in a place that had as many students in it as my high school.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're unnatural institutions. Uh, And so that's the thing. It's a government school. So it's the government uh, saying this, that you cannot tell your students that you're a homosexual. Uh, even though another teacher could talk about his wife all day to his students if he wanted to, probably. And so there's sure. there's a bit of hypocrisy there, which is why yet another reason why you want governments uh, separated from education.
0: And also you could imagine if this was a different school district that likely this wouldn't have happened at all. But it's because it's in Beaverton and some parent made some uh, huff over it. And so I imagine what you're dealing with is a relatively, you know, oftentimes these big metros will be surrounded by, uh, you know, a more conservative enclaves because generally the big metros... Metros or where the liberals live, and the conservatives tend to live around. So you've got the the situation of the uh, the wide lawn, wide lawns, small Mm minds, and I think that that's you know it's it seems to me that's what I'm hearing here, and uh, you know I just I feel for this guy. There's 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 no reason for this. If he would have been openly gay. Uh, you know, and and talked like a gay guy and acted like a gay guy, that wouldn't be any big deal. But just saying that he would marry a man if that was uh, if he was given his druthers, that's the issue. And I don't really get it at all. So just
1: um, just another ridiculous example of uh, of public education and uh, parents. You know, it was you said it was one that made a complaint um, and so got this guy uh, out of the school system. Uh, There's no mechanism for, um, you know, keeping good teachers like that.
0: Apparently, um, <laughs> in this instance, the parent who complained about Stanbaugh's comment also complained about Stanbaugh's choice in clothing earlier in the semester. The parent called the school to file a complaint about Stanbaugh's outfit, press slacks, a button-up Oxford shirt, and a cardigan, which happened to be a gift from Stampa's grandfather. Apparently the outfit was too provocative for this parent uh, pr- prompting a complaint. Lord knows what happened if the outfit would uh would have included a, a tie. So I don't even know what it is that this guy was complaining about but didn't like his uh his outfit. Maybe it was
1: I, I believe the pants pink. were assless.
0: <laughs> they must have been. <laughs> they must have. They must have had, uh, I don't don't know, gay fur written across the back of them. I have no idea. Uh, You know, it it seems like this guy is being targeted for perhaps the way he walks and talks and dresses. And, uh, you know, that's just not the way it's supposed to be. There are guys out there. I've seen them that you would swear up and down are gay. But they're not. They just seem like it. They've got wives. At least, you know, I, I, I haven't delved any further. But once they have a wife, for me, that's good enough. <laughs> I suppose that it's quite possible to be gay with a wife, too. And uh, that, that's not a very nice thing to do to the woman unless she understands what's going on. But, I, you know, this this poor guy, I, I wonder if it was a you know, powder pink cardigan. What, what's the problem? So you think he might have been profiled? I think that's I, I think this parent uh, yeah went after him uh, and it, it, it you know it's, it's just nasty. Yeah. Give us a call tell us what you think about this uh, incident in beaverden Oregon 800-259-9231.
2: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Jason. And Mark. Uh, don't forget, join us on our website at freetalklive.com where you'll find neat stuff, and it's all free, including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com.
0: Calling all writers interested in journalism and passionate about liberty, the IHS Journalism instru- Internship Program places aspiring journalists at, um, in, in media. Participants work in real jobs and learn core reporting skills. Former internships have gone on to ABC or have gone into ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, The Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and more. Placements available in print, broadcast, and new media, and investigative journalism. This includes a stipend that varies depending on the program, a housing assistance, mentoring from experienced professionals. You can get it all by going to. Libertarian Internships.com. It's Libertarian Internships.com. So uh, I'm back. It was uh, late
2: tonight because of a local uh, TV board meeting. I'm on the local uh, board of directors of Cheshire TV, the local public access channel. And somebody with a lot of television experience is here in the studio with us, uh, Jason Talley joining us here from uh, the CD Evolution Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at CDEvolution.org. And uh, have you guys, I mean, I, I missed the first segment of the show. Have you been talk, uh, talking about what's going on with Tally.tv yet? No, we haven't. I saved that for you. Oh, okay, great, because I love it. Uh, Jason, Thanks. Th- the videos have been absolutely fantastic. And uh, folks can see them easily over at Freekeen.com. I think I posted every single one that, uh, that you've, you've come out with there. Um, is Tally.tv also uh, an active site where they can go to and, yeah, and see them that, as well? Yeah, that has
1: all the videos. Uh, you've been publishing the, uh, the recent series that we've been doing with the uh, victims of the drug war, but there's other stuff. I don't know if it's been on Freaking, uh, such as uh, Weedaclaws, um, who has a website, weedaclaws.com. And uh, we've also been doing some uh, redress of grievance events, which are protests at the, uh, the state liquor stores.
2: Uh recently you had an interview a couple of interviews with a lady named Patricia Nurse Patricia tell me about her She's a very nice woman the first time I ever
1: met her was uh, she was crying because she was getting ready to go into the uh, Grafton County Superior Court uh where she was going to be put on uh, trial for uh, growing uh, illegal plants uh it's marijuana and uh and so she you know I, I wanted to talk to her for a little bit but you know she And she reveals in the video she's never been through anything like this before. She's never been arrested. And uh, one day, uh, Nurse Patricia, you know, late in the evening, receives a knock on her door, and it's some uh, plainclothes men, and she opens it up, which was a bad idea for for anybody um, that late at night. And she was just in a nightie, and uh, they let her know that uh, they are there to look for marijuana. They say they can smell it, and they put the foot right in the door um, and just barge in. They end up um, having to, you know, she she had to use the restroom because, you know, she was very nervous, and uh, so they watched her do that. They uh, (laughs) stole uh, thousands of dollars from her, and envelopes marked um, Christmas or retirement or you know insurance. Um, Well, if you have
2: cash, it must be from drugs.
1: Yeah, but they they, they couldn't say. So I sat through this entire trial. They never produced a single customer, and of course, they never produced a single victim.
3: Mm.
1: Um, and so did they produce a ledger or anything like that? No showing sales? ledgers. Mm. No, no, nothing like that. They they took her computer, but weren't able to find anything. And of course, they haven't returned it yet. So, um, you know, she's uh, in the same county where I live, uh, Grafton County. And uh, you know, you look in the newspaper every day, and there's going to be victims. But like, if you do a Google search on uh, Patricia Smith. You'll see a slanted news article with her mug shot, and you know ma- makes her seem like a, a drug dealer. But when you she's selling dope to kids, but that's but what but they she want wasn't. you to think. Yeah, she's a wonderful person,
2: and so um, she seems so sweet, so warm, and it's just so sad what's happening to her. Right, and was using
1: it for medical reasons. Now this woman's a nurse. You know, I'm going to trust her medical advice a lot more than some bureaucrat in Concord, uh, and so. Uh, Yeah, As a matter of fact, her daughter's bipolar, and um, the daughter was on lithium, no longer needed that because she was smoking pot. Yeah, exactly. Lithium is something you don't want to mess around with, but it's something that grows from the earth. She was able to smoke it two, three times a week, and that that leveled her out. So I I encourage everybody to um, just hear about Patricia Smith's story, uh, and it'll make your heart break, but maybe that's what we need in order to end the war on drugs
2: because it's a war on people. Well, then you followed up her story with a related story about her mother, who happens to have been a corrections officer for something like fifteen years fifteen years. She was a corrections officer, and I was able she wanted to read a letter
1: um, on camera and and so I did that for her but because she doesn 't think the judge even read it. This is the, you know the letters where the family and friends are supposed to plead and talk about how a nice
0: person you know uh, the accused is. Uh, I swear this crap does not matter at all it doesn 't let me Let me tell you something that happened to me, and I understand the, the circumstances aren 't exactly the same, but they 're uh, you know somewhat similar. I had been doing the operation turnaround program in prison for several years, like three or four years, and uh, essentially the, what this was was uh, a, a situation where I talked to kids who come through the prison about why it 's a bad what they 're doing you know they 've gotten in some kind of legal trouble what they 're doing is bad, and why they should not want to be in prison and, and you know, ways that they can turn their lives around. And, you know, I don't take their shoes. I don't yell at them or be mean to them or anything like that. I, I was...
2: <laughs> That's some funny stuff, though, man. What's that? The uh, scared straight the 1970s. That <laughs> program
0: in its initial uh, iteration. After that, it, uh, it, it ceased to. And likely it worked because a passionate, the guy who started it was really passionate mm. about it and, and made it work. But this Operation Turnaround program has sh- been shown to work more effectively. So anyway, I participated in this and uh, I, I was going up for a pardon in front of the governor. And I asked the warden uh, of the prison that I was in to simply state the fact that I had done this on a piece of uh, letterhead. And the guy simply wouldn't do it. And it just goes to it It just goes to show how all these uh, and I, I managed to get ministers and, and college uh Teachers, college professors, and all kinds of people to to put these things in front of the governor meant nothing. Um, I, I went in front of the, the the same. I went in front of the governor again ten years after my release with uh, all these sort of statements from from people who are, uh, you know, potentates in their positions, important folks, and things like that. Didn't matter. These things just don't don't seem to matter much.
3: Yes,
1: yeah, because the system wants to dirty you up, right? I mean, that's what they did to Patricia Smith, and the media played right along with it. You know, they. Um, whatever the cop said, they regurgitated, uh, and so people get that impression. But she's actually a really nice woman, a caring person, um, you know, who is going to leave a hole that you know her or she's going to be separated from her family, her friends, um, and it's it's a shame.
0: She's going to cost us all a great deal of money. This yeah. person who was dealing with uh, well, with the government's going to cost you money. What's that? The government's going to cost you money. She's Indeed. not doing anything. To the, you. the government is go- the government is going to use her as an excuse to cost us all money. Well, mm-hmm. And uh, you know she could be out there. She could be out there uh, treating her illness that doesn't harm anyone. But no, we can't. We can't have that.
1: This is a great reason not to pay your taxes because the government is going to try to steal from you so they can put wonderful people like Patricia Smith or, or Robert
2: Constantine in a cage. And I won't have any part of it. Well, luckily, you don't own any property, uh, Jason. So you, you know, while you're paying rent, if you are paying rent, then you are paying those taxes. You are paying sure. you know, the money that is keeping these people in a cage, and it's frustrating to me. Well, you pay as uh, you pay
0: as little as you can, and that's really what you can do. Right.
2: Well, yeah, I understand that. More coming up here. Your thoughts are welcome at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Take control of the airwaves. eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Since we're talking pot, I've got a related story uh, about a uh, elementary school student who, uh, well, apparently. Wanted to turn in his parents. We'll explain why here in a moment. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live.
4: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water. Helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today.
2: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, including news updates. Just get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via Twitter or Facebook, or you can get emailed updates, which is the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. Uh, That's uh, go to news.freetalklive.com and get on board with those. Jason Talley is joining us here uh, tonight from the CD Evolution Fund, Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. And uh, you're involved with that, but you're also doing Talley.tv, which is your own video channel and I would say that uh, the focus of Tally TV certainly, I think, dovetails at this time with uh, what CD Evolution is doing. Um, you've been telling us about Nurse Patricia, who has been sentenced to two years, if I'm correct, uh, two years yep. in prison mm-hmm. for growing, a full, you know, growing some marijuana plants. Basically, she's using them for medical purposes. But regardless of what she's using them for, it's ludicrous to put somebody in a jail cell who's been growing a plant. It just Something that grows naturally. She's growing them. So what? Leave people alone. But up here in New Hampshire, they haven't gotten that one yet, despite across the country, of course, medical marijuana laws being passed. California looking at passing uh, full legalization of marijuana and uh, New Hampshire pretty backwards in that way. I I hope we see some some sort of change uh, in the future, on this,
1: but you don't even have to go across the country uh, to see a decriminalization. I mean, all the way around the live for your die state, you know, Maine, uh, Massachusetts, uh, Vermont—they all have some type of decriminalization. And of course, Canada—it's uh, embarrassing. Yeah. It's it's terrible, and we can't stand for it. And meanwhile, they're they're putting peaceful people in these cages and and charging us, you know, uh, what is it like uh, ten thousand dollars a year per person to. But keep in a cage? I mean, it's, it's outrageous. And I've
0: heard numbers, uh, depending on the state you're talking about, 30,000 uh, sort of on average as high as 80,000 in uh, states like California, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the, for the crime of owning yourself. I mean, if you own yourself and the state of New Hampshire doesn't own you, then why can't you consume a plant? I mean, if you're religious, is, is, was God guilty on the third day for, you know, creating marijuana? And the state of New
2: Hampshire calls it manufacturing a drug. No, you're growing a plant. Exactly right. And in fact, even the uh, former Surgeon General has come out in favor of marijuana legalization. All kinds of people. Uh, There was that former prosecutor, former federal prosecutor in uh, Washington State who came out after he spent time and his career putting Mark Emery, the Prince of Pop, behind bars. He comes out afterwards and says, yeah, I don't think we should do that anymore. And And now uh, CNN.com reporting that Jocelyn Elders uh, has told CNN Sunday that she supports legalizing marijuana. She says, what I think is horrible about all of this is that we criminalize young people and we use so many of our excellent resources for things that aren't really causing any problems. It's not a toxic substance. And the sad thing is, uh,
1: yet one more sad thing, is that uh, you know, black people are jailed uh, you know, in higher rates than, uh, than white people, even though um, the usage statistics don't back
2: that up. So it, it, it's used for discrimination. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's ugly. And so it needs, uh, definitely needs to change. And, of course, anybody that's been listening to this show for a little while knows that uh, we'll go further than, than just marijuana legalization. Anybody that's out there manufacturing or possessing a chemical or a plant— should be left alone if there is no victim uh, there is no crime but Jason what would you say to the objection from say a, a statist or somebody supporting the status quo that well there are victims uh, to the these drug uh, users I mean these besides the user there are victims uh, society is harmed
1: that's the argument I did a uh, interview when we were in front of the liquor store uh, the state liquor store uh, with one of their uh, police officers that focus on alcohol investigations and I had a conversation with them him at tally.tv. Um, and he tried to play that argument also, but nobody can get into real details. You can't, you know, put a victim on the witness stand, and uh, because there aren't. Uh Victims.
0: Now, this this police officer handles alcohol issues uh, was saying that there are victims with marijuana. I I talked to him about. uh, Can't you say that there's victims uh, for alcohol? Of course. I mean, yeah, hundreds of thousands. For God's sakes, get out there and arrest those people that have all those victims. Mark, the state makes
1: too much money. They make five hundred million dollars a year. They could make that kind of
0: money on weed. If they wanted to?
1: No, not really, because weed grows everywhere. I mean, yes, you can have people manufacturing their own liquor, but once states uh, allow any decriminalization, I don't see how they can really keep the... uh uh, the genie in the bottle. At that point,
0: I, I agree that uh, you know th- that that's true. Uh, that there's a certain level of that. But remember that I could brew my own beer if I wanted to. It's mm-hmm. relatively easy for me to make my own wine. However, that wine is going to be god awful. Um, and you know, whereas you know, when you're talking about growing weed outside, I think you could probably get some level of potency. But people are going to want the the ease of it. Honestly, uh, the the marketplace will come up with ways to make it easier for people, and they'll be like, eh, I'll pay five bucks, ten bucks for a pack of. You know, marijuana cigs.
1: Yeah. By that time, I'll probably be bored with it all and uh, and not want to smoke it anymore.
2: (laughs) Well, they did show, uh, the numbers do show, at least I believe from the Netherlands, where they have had some level of marijuana decriminalization there, that teenagers are not using uh, marijuana as much as they used to in the Netherlands, and they're using it less than teenagers in the United States. So the statistics bear it out, actually, that once a product is decriminalized, or in the case of California, legalized and taken out of the black market – the sexy factor drops down the forbidden fruit uh, factor drops down, and so the, the you know, teenagers aren't seeing it as as cool anymore because it's no longer illegal it's no longer as exciting uh, it's no longer as risky and dangerous to uh, involve oneself in the smoking and the pr- the producing of cannabis you
0: know and even if that didn't happen in the case of, uh, of even if cannabis, it didn't
2: reduce the other even numbers, if it
0: didn't reduce it as far as I can tell. Just, you know, from personal experience and everything I've read regarding these two drugs, that if you could switch over uh, the people that drink alcohol or half of them or whatever to smoking marijuana, you'd have a better world. You wouldn't have people beating their wives. People don't smoke pot and beat their wives or, or husbands or whomever. You know, act, generally don't act in a violent fashion. And you can ask cops that. How many wrestling matches have you gotten into with uh, somebody who's stoned, as opposed to somebody who's drunk? Oh yeah, Uh, you know people generally drive better, uh, you know, having smoked marijuana as opposed to to drinking alcohol. I don't. All the
2: evidence is in our favor. Yeah, all of the evidence is in the favor of those who wish to uh, repeal prohibition. The history of prohibition is undisputed, and we can see the same consequences happening. Uh, In fact, I was. Reading a book recently, uh, the, the Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion by Michael Cloud, as I was on my trip on the plane here over the weekend, and one of the things he suggested was instead of using the term unintended consequences, use foreseeable consequences. Because in many of these cases with these government programs, we who love liberty and to understand what happens when government uses force – in ma- many cases, we understand a lot of the, the consequences that come from when the government gets itself involved in whether it's regulating or controlling or licensing or making something completely illegal – we know what many of those consequences are. So they're not really unintended consequences. Uh, from our perspective, they're completely foreseeable. They're completely uh, predictable consequences. And those consequences of prohibition come back. You know, the, the same things that happened with alcohol prohibition are happening now with prohibition on, uh, on drugs. And so all of the facts are in our favor. But it, it's just the political system is such a crappy system. It's so slow to change. I've been to these, uh, uh, to these hearings where they will be looking at something as benign as medical marijuana legislation. And I've watched as dozens of people, you know, maybe close to 100, 7,500 people perhaps, will come into these hearings. And of those people, maybe half a dozen of them are government bureaucrats. And the rest of them are all folks that are out there, for whatever reason or another, to support ending this prohibition. In this case, just on medical pot most obviously compassionate of proposals and it's just amazing to watch as despite the numbers and the sense and the logic all being on the side of those who wish to end prohibition the few bureaucrats that show up were being paid to show up those few bureaucrats that show up to defend their jobs working in this war on drugs the attorney genitals the police chiefs those people they always end up swaying, almost all the time, swaying
0: these government I don't know that they sway people. them. That's where they're at. These government people are at the point of, you know, change okay. is bad, change is scary, change might get me uh, kicked out of office. Then it's the other
2: people that don't sway them. And yeah. it's just so sad. Now, we've seen slow progress on that, but it's, it's taken years And so I think the more people we can get on our side, the better from any perspective, whether it be civil disobedience or or inside the system. More coming up here. uh, Your thoughts. Welcome at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live.
5: Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com.
2: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Give us, uh, well, we give you, rather, the features for free. But you can give to us by getting involved in the website. There are various different ways. But the main one actually allows you, the listener, to control the content of the site. So as you're surfing about the web, if you find something that you think is pretty interesting... That you want to share with our listeners, you submit it to the website and then other listeners will look at it, decide whether they like or dislike your suggestion, and the most liked will make it up to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. In fact, speaking of the top of the website, right now the number one story, thanks to you and your votes, is uh, Bile. Bile, who has been on the show a number of times from blogofbile.com, has been involved. He's not only a Free State Project participant, he's not yet made the move. He's still down there in New Jersey slash New York City. And he's been involved in doing some Fully Informed Jury Association outreach with Julian Heiklin, who is this nationally recognized activist, uh, eight, almost 80-year-old man that is uh, going from federal courthouse to federal courthouse, handing out Fully Informed Jury Association information. Now, uh, Jason Talley is with us here tonight from CDEvolution.org, and certainly the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, I think, would, would support uh, folks doing uh, – jury outreach, it's not particularly disobedience, but it can be when yeah. the cops decide to mess with you.
1: Right. I mean, uh, I i think in Bile's situation, they wanted uh, him to turn off the cameras, but he stood his ground and uh, ended up arrested, uh, just like George Donnelly was mm-hmm. in front of a federal building. So.
2: so something as innocent as handing out information in a public place, a place where allegedly the public should be free to gather and engage in speech, and handing out a pamphlet certainly would be considered speech, mm-hmm. I would I would hope by any court, uh, in, in those uh, situations, there's it's still fraught with risk. Men with guns could still come and arrest you for something. And indeed, uh, Bile was arrested at one point in Manhattan. Is that right, uh, Bile? You're with us?
6: Yes, uh, yes sir. It was um, at downtown Manhattan.
2: Mm-hmm. And you were at the federal courthouse with Julian Heichlin. He was also arrested that day. Uh, can you, you know, give a brief recap for our listeners that are unfamiliar with uh, with the details? And then what happened then?
6: So this happened uh, last November 9th in 2009. Uh, I had never met Julian at the time. I had just uh, found out recently that he had been arrested a number of times, I think three at that point, uh, for refusing to leave when handing out uh, jury nullification information. And he was arrested and taken to, I think it was Bellevue Hospital and brought to the psych ward uh, because he refused to respond to his arrest. He went limp. As you said, he's uh, nearly eighty years old. eighty years old. He would just go completely limp, non responsive. And rather than trying to take him downtown, they would call the, the an ambulance, they'd pick him up, bring him bring him over to Belleville, and he would not say anything, so they would bring him to the psych ward. They would do all the normal things like pinching his fingers and, and yelling into his ear, try to get him to respond. He would wait until like the second round of people to come in and then they would Come alive, talk to whoever was there, and then sign himself out as John Galt or Ayn Rand and just leave. And so I showed up on the 9th to film what he was doing just in case anything happened. I was uh, doing an interview with him uh, after some officers had started harassing him. They left. I started an interview. Uh, The federal officer showed up, Clifford Barnes, and uh, I started to back up. He asked who I worked for. And I didn't respond. Uh, Julian then butted in and said, well, he's not obligated to to say anything. The officer then pays attention to Julian. I walk backwards. I have a a spy cam on my belt and a primary camcorder, digital camcorder in my hand.
2: Smart move. That way, if they take the the primary camcorder, they have no idea they're still being recorded.
6: Right. And I had had picked up that camera because of my regular encounters with uh, New York Police Department in the subways and their searches and such. Mm-hmm. And so I was probably 20 feet away, 15, 20 feet away, and the officer, after Julian goes down on the ground and the officer secures his person, he walks over to me and asks, who do you work for? And, you know, oftentimes Free Talk Live has said, well, if, if an officer or someone asks who you work for, you can only say you're a producer for Free Talk Live. And so I did, and then I was instantly arrested. Um, in fact, if I probably said nothing... Uh, I may not have been arrested because the way that the officer implied after the fact was that he uh, arrested me due to thinking that I was working for some commercial organization. Not that that justifies anything, but that's what I I gathered from how he was...
2: Right, as though a commercial organization has
0: uh, not as many rights (laughs) to free speech? Apparently. Well, I would think that a commercial organization, the individuals, whether they're working for the, uh, you know, whether they're there on business or whether they're there for some philosophical reason, enjoy the same rights as anyone else, I guess is probably the best way to describe it.
6: Right. And uh, so I was arrested. Uh, If you look at the regulation, uh, I think I'm pretty sure it says that you have to be warned. Uh, Jason said that I refused to stop filming. In fact, I didn't, uh, because I was never asked to stop filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point in the f- footage that you can find at youtube.com slash blog of uh, it's somewhere in there. Um, or you can go to com and, and look at the, the current posts, and you'll be able to find a link to it. Mm. But you can see that uh, at one point another officer says, well, you should have just turned off the camera when we told you to. Uh, and the arresting officer actually butts in and says, in fact, I didn't ask him to shut it off. Mm. And so the the officer at least was uh, good in that regard. He didn't try to, uh, to to make it worse than it was. But so after all this happened, the next week I I came back. Or they, so they confiscated my memory card. They kept. I was able to keep my uh, video camera. The next week I showed up. I stayed on the sidewalk this time, not to press my uh, press my luck. And they threatened to arrest me again for quote unquote whatever.
0: <laughs> uh, I was
6: not arrested.
2: I was arrested that time.
0: What kind of ch- what kind of time yeah. does whatever carry? Yeah, what are you in for? Whatever. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm wondering if whatever's uh, a misdemeanor sure. or a felony. Yeah. So well, the,
6: the the charge the charge I got itself was a violation. So it may have been just a violation. I saw. So who
0: knows? Didn't get a ticket for whatever.
6: Yeah. So then. Um. But so I ended up taking this to the NYCLU, which is the New York State chapter of the American Civil Liberty Union. Mm -hmm. At first, they told me to scram. Uh, They said, well, if it's the law, it's the law. There's nothing we can do. But Mm -hmm. apparently, I'd gone to the wrong people. Uh, About two weeks later, I got a call back, and they said they were interested in my case. There was actually another case that they had that was similarly uh, sympathetic, but not quite as sympathetic as my own, and eventually, that case was dropped. I'm not sure why. So, did you file suit? Uh, Yes, we filed a civil lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security and Janet Napolitano. Did the AC? Uh, did the N-
2: I'm sorry. Did the NYCLU pay for this? Yes, lawsuit. Okay,
6: yeah, they they covered they covered all the costs. They nice. said uh, offhand, I think they said it would cost them about twenty five thousand dollars. Wow. Um, but so that was the, our, our our lawsuit against the DHS. The uh, The Federal Protective Services and the arresting officers happened. We put in the the lawsuit on April 22nd of this year, and as of Friday, a settlement was reached and signed by a judge that basically did a couple things. One, it had the DHS and the government admit that what they did was inappropriate, that the regulation does not, in fact, cover those things.
2: So, what they did uh, they, was inappropriate in that they arrested you for whatever the heck the charge was, and then uh, that was completely inappropriate of them.
6: Right. So, okay. the, the, the the regulation is not to be interpreted that way. That was a misunderstanding. You know, based normal, but trying to get out of responsibility, they basically said it was a misunderstanding. Is this uh, binding
2: had, on them? Is this settlement binding on them, or does it just get you out of whatever the charges were?
6: Well, the charges against me had already been dropped. I see. Uh, Sorry this was an additional lawsuit against them for for basically infringement of my first amendment so does that right. so
2: does the settlement basically include a judge's order against them saying that they cannot do this anymore or is it that they could still do it in the future and then have to go through this process again
6: well it's 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 not the same as like a, a judge ruling that, against them but it is them admitting that they screwed up hmm. that this is not what this regulation means it also has provisions that they have 60 days to issue uh, an educational document, basically huh. instructions to all federal employees uh, who enforce these regulations that this is the case. And if they don't do it within 60 days and provide evidence, then we can turn around
0: and sue them again. I see. So uh, uh, goodness. Bile, you've changed the world.
1: <laughs> we should start quizzing <laughs> them. We should go to where they work and uh, quiz them on uh, what they've read.
2: Now, this is specifically <laughs> regarding the uh, the regulations about uh, people filming on uh, federal property?
6: Perfect the settlement covers only federal courthouses, mm-hmm. but the regulation itself, and if you read the New York Civil Liberty Union's uh, press release which you can get to from uh, it the my uh, lawyer actually said and, and we sort of knew this when the government was pushing back on this issue. so originally we wanted it to cover all federal properties all over the United States, they refused to do that.
2: Bill, can uh, you hang on through it. the news and can keep this discussion going for a bit? Sure, no problem. All right, more with Bile from blogofbile.com, relating what sounds like some pretty good news, uh, backing up the rights of individuals and presumably companies as well to, uh, well, I guess individuals only, but uh, individuals to uh, record on federal courthouse property. It's Free Talk Live.
6: So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move even job listings browse the inventory of liberty blogs sites and media or promote your own efforts all free at nhmove.info if you're moving to New Hampshire you better go now and bookmark (laughs) nhmove.info
2: This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we have on the site. there completely free, so freetalklive.com. Uh, so we continue here with Bile, who is on the line. For those of you just tuning in, Bile's got himself a blog, blog of You can go there and uh, see what he's up to. One of the things he's been busy doing uh, in recent months has been, well, dealing with the feds as they arrested him, as, along with Julian Heichlin, who's a fully informed jury association activist, at an event outside of a man, uh, Manhattan federal courthouse for recording video in what is ostensibly a public place. And, Bile, you were pretty upset about this. You went to the uh, NYCLU, the New York Civil Liberties Union. You let them know what was going on. And they got behind your case to the point where they helped you file a lawsuit against the federal government. And uh, you were found – well, there was a settlement that you were telling us about. So it didn't actually go to trial. They realized they had such a a crappy case that they actually settled – In advance of the trial happening, part of the settlement basically acknowledges that anybody is free to record video at federal courthouse, outside federal courthouses. Is that right?
6: Yep. Uh, To quote the the settlement real quick, it says uh, the um – That particular regulation does not, quote, prohibit individuals from uh, photographing, including motion photography, the exterior of federal courthouses from publicly accessible spaces such as streets, sidewalks, parks, and plazas. The Federal Protection Service has not construed any other federal regulation or federal statute to prohibit such photography of exterior federal courthouses, though it makes no representation for local rules, meaning... That while they can't speak for local court rules, there is no federal law that they know of that would uh, prohibit filming on federal courthouse property.
2: And the Department of Homeland Before Security the- has been instructed to notify all of their federal courthouse uh, enforcers about this particular settlement, right?
6: Right. Anyone anyone who this regulation falls under, they have sixty days to issue them a uh, uh, you know an, an instruction flyer or whatever it is indicating that. This is, you know, explicitly the case that photographers can film. And, uh, you know, it. it the, the settlement also goes on to say that, you know, they're still able to go up to you and question you and investigate and all that kind of normal. Sure, and stuff. you don't
2: have to answer any of their questions. Uh, you're under, right. never any under obligation to answer these bureaucrats' questions. Because as we've seen, when you provide them with information, they frequently will use it to find a reason to arrest you. Uh, so, the less information uh, you give, the the better off you tend to be
0: now you got a fifteen hundred dollar sort of punitive settlement out of these guys i think it's it's it pretty much goes without saying that this fifteen hundred dollars will not be coming out of the paychecks of the, uh, the the guards that 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 took these rules out of context and used them against you right i mean this is This is I, taxpayer I'm money not. unfortunately right
6: yeah, I suspect that 's the case uh there, There is some specifics if you look at the settlement about where the money actually comes from. So if someone wants to do the investigative research to find out exactly where that fund within the FPS or the DHS, gets how that gets filled, that could be interesting. But it, it's not just the $1,500. There's an additional 3350 to help cover legal fees, but those go to the NYCLU.
2: Well now they did you did say that they had sixty days to send notice about all, uh, you know out to these government bureaucrats, but that doesn't mean that things are going to magically change for videographers right because these federal government bureaucrats have no responsibility for their actions or virtually no uh, accountability for for their actions, so they could always claim they didn't see the memo or they're a new hire they didn't know about this. If they arrest somebody else with a video camera in uh, St. Louis, for instance, then uh, then those people will still have a problem, but that could those folks use Use your settlement as uh, you know evidence in their case to say hey look uh, here you need to see this um, you need to drop this case or something like that with it could they stand on this as a defense?
6: Uh, yeah, as far as I understand, this is this has precedent. It doesn't have the kind of precedent that a ruling against the government by the judge would have had if it went to to, uh, to court. But it's pretty darn close, because it's them acknowledging that they're not allowed to do this, that this is not something mm-hmm. that the regulation covers. So really, you go to a judge and show them this, and they should throw it out immediately.
2: So word of warning to any uh, budding videographers out there, people that are, are itching uh, to get out and get active uh, with a video camera at a federal courthouse, don't expect that just because you've heard this information, the federal government's uh, bureaucrats in this case have heard it, or care uh, that they've heard it. Don't expect this is going to stop them from behaving badly. Don't expect this will stop them from trumping up some nonsense charge like assault on a federal officer, which is what they charged George Donnelly with uh, when
0: he was just recording video. Right. So When they tried to take his camera away from him, they decided they didn't give it, he didn't give it quickly or properly or nothing, and, and and uh, basically, they got bumped. I guess is what the claim is. Yeah, yeah.
1: In, in that case, it's ridiculous because they're attacking George. They're tackling him to the ground, and they're telling him to calm down. Right. So, and then, <laughs> and unfortunately, George, you know, you know, made the decision um, probably in the best in- interest of his family to, um, you know, plea bargain down and you know right. ad- admit some guilt. But, uh, Bile, I mean, we're all really proud of you for what you did here. And uh, how are you going to spend the fifteen hundred dollars?
6: It's probably just going to go in the bank. All right.
2: Put it towards your move to New Hampshire fund.
6: Nice. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, which is one of the I other just, points. Of, go ahead.
6: I just wanted to clarify one thing that we were talking about before the back break. The uh, this settlement covers only courthouses, federal courthouses, mm-hmm. and that's because the federal government didn't want to really budge from that because that's where the arrest occurred. But if you read the uh, New York City Liberty, New York City Liberty. No, New York Civil Liberties Union. There we go. Uh, press release. The, the lawyer does, in fact, say, and we expected this uh, to be the case going forward. That since this regulation applies to all federal property, you know, in a general way, that if if you get arrested somewhere else and it's an open plaza, you should be able to bring this to court and perhaps cause even more precedent by having it specifically apply to other condition you know, other federal properties. There's no reason why the, the regulation should only apply in this case to uh, two courthouses.
2: But the same rules should apply, even though this uh, this is great news, Bile, and, and I agree with Jason, you know, congratulations on taking this all the way. And, and it's yeah. a great thing that the NYCLU got on board to, uh, to help you out with this. And so kudos to them uh, as well. But... People should still behave the same way uh, as far as my recommendations. Do not go alone to one of these. Do not go by yourself to do fully informed jury outreach at any courthouse. Do whatever you can do to bring as many activists with you as you possibly can. The more of you there are... The safer you're going to be from being arrested in the first place, because even though you may be able to point to this and stand on this in front of a judge, maybe there is that you know th- there's that level additional level of safety later. That's not going to stop your day from being ruined by being. You need arrested. the evidence
0: too. I mean, the, if he hadn't had the camera evidence, this would have been an entirely different case. If you go up there in front of the judge and say, "Well, I was just using my video camera to videotape," and the uh, the the statement the marshal or whatever he is says, "Yeah, he hit me in the mouth." Mm-hmm. I mean, who's gonna? Who's Who's going to get believed here? Yeah,
2: exactly. Which is why having multiple cameras there is so important. And when the federal government bureaucrats see those multiple cameras, or any bureaucrat see multiple cameras, that's intimidating to them. That's more intimidating to them than a bunch of people standing around with weapons on their hips. And that's why that, you know, one of the reasons why Andrew Napolitano uh, has said that the camera is the new gun. It's a way for us to fight back against this encroaching tyranny without actually having to fight, without actually having to get involved in violence. It's a completely peaceful manner of really keeping these government bureaucrats from stepping out of line. And uh, so, so again, please bring as many people with you as possible. Because, Bile, do you feel like your situation would have been different in the first place had it not just been essentially you and Julian Heiklin at the, the courthouse?
6: I suspect that would have been the case, because each time I was there by myself, I got harassed, mm-hmm. verbally at least, uh, and then in that one case arrested. Uh, in the other cases, for instance, when the guys from Liberty on Tour were there, they... They
2: didn't do anything. Oh, just the rest, Julian. Right, right, I got you. So just having three people uh, made made a difference, is what you're saying in that case.
0: So, will um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. Um, will Julian be free to hand out pamphlets, or this just it doesn't has affect to, that? This doesn't have anything to do with that, huh?
6: It, well, it, it sort of could because what this does is help clarify what that land that is next to the courthouse is. It is, you know. This public square and he might be able to use that to his advantage in some
2: way we hope so bile thanks for the update tonight and everybody can go to blog they can read the the full decision and get a lot of details there right yep thanks bile appreciate your time tonight blog for more on that case uh, your thoughts are welcome about whatever's on your mind at 800 259 student turns his parents in we'll explain coming up free talk live Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free to bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. At freetalklive.com, we give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, main feature of the site, lets you, the listener, control the content. Everything you see in the main page, the main section of the main page, is created by listeners just like you. As you are surfing around on the web, you spot something you want to share with our other listeners, you submit it as show prep to the Free talk Live website, and then other listeners vote on how they feel about whether they like or dislike your suggestions. And the most liked, make it to the front page and the top of the
0: website at
2: freetalklive.com.
0: SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com.
2: All right, so uh, we're going to continue here. And coming up, Mark, you're going to tell us about the latest on the Postal Service, this saga of bureaucracy. And watching as the one of the more nimble bureaucracies, and that's not saying much. The post office. Uh, well, they're semi kind of not fully federal government, right? I mean, they're they're pretty much federal government, but there's some level of. They're darn hobbled. Independence. There, I mean, they're they're a little more nimble than the average bureaucracy. Watching them attempt to change, watching them attempt to uh, to modify themselves to new market demands or the economy, and, and we'll get to some of the details and what they're trying to do and, and why they, uh, they are they're they're stuck uh, in a in a little bit here. Of course, your thoughts are welcome about whatever you want at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But last hour we were talking about uh, cannabis prohibition and. There's just a really sad story that's come out regarding this. I mean, this you were telling us, Jason Talley is with us here from the CD Evolution Fund tonight, Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at CDEvolution.org, telling us about Nurse Patricia, a woman who's going to be spending two years in prison for the heinous crime of daring to grow plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the only sad story. In fact, hers is not that uncommon. Lots of nice people grow marijuana and get caught and have to go to prison. A lot of people uh, use marijuana and get caught and have to go to jail. In fact, over 800,000 people last year alone were arrested for cannabis, mostly for cannabis possession. And these are people whose uh, lives are upended and ruined in many cases. They're fired from their jobs because, well. They've got family too, you know. And they've got families to support. And sometimes the problems come from within the family. And occasionally it's a story like this. Matthews, North Carolina, WBTV reporting. Two parents are facing drug charges after their child took their drugs to school and told a school officer his parents were breaking the law. WBTV is not releasing the names of the parents or the names of the school to protect the child's identity. The 11-year-old student is in fifth grade at an elementary school in Matthews. Police say he brought his parents marijuana cigarettes to school when he reported them. Good Lord. Matthew's police say he reported his parents after a lesson about marijuana was delivered by a police officer who was part of the D.A.R.E. program, which teaches kids about the dangers of drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. According to Matthew's officer, Stason Terrell, he says even if it's happening in their own home with their own parents, they understand that's a dangerous situation because of what we're teaching them. Now, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're teaching them that marijuana is dangerous, which is absurd. And if you're in New Hampshire, of course, the state will sell you liquor. But uh, yeah, it's just more propaganda. This is why you need to pull your kids out of these government schools.
0: The night, the, if there's a silver lining to this cloud, this 11 year old is going to figure out really early, that the state lies to you. Because what's going to happen when his parents get uh, you know, uh, get whatever level of punishment they're going to get for this? He may go to a foster home. He could very well be taken from them, put someplace in some foster home, buggered, beaten up, or whatever the heck happens in foster homes. Nothing good. Good job,
2: kid. It's just awful. He doesn't know. He's no, he 11 years know.
0: old. He has but no gonna idea. But he's going to find out the hard way. But he really is.
1: These parents trusted this school to teach this
2: child, and look what the, is being taught. You know? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Jason. This is an this is a serious reason for any parent out there to consider ki- getting their kids out of these government schools. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons right to get your kids out of government. Even schools. if you don't
0: smoke pot, you do something. And what is that that uh, my that, daddy doesn't recycle? He's right, not yeah. keeping his lawn mowed the right length, yeah. and you know the 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 zoning says that he's got to. You,
2: you, we're not joking here. There, okay, uh, there was I think it was a story out of Kentucky where there's a school board or a school system that is teaching second graders in signing them up as neighborhood snitches, where if they or their, uh, their their neighbors or their parents aren't taking care of their property up to code that they are incentivized to snitch those people out to the local bureaucracy that enforces those things. It's scary so stuff. It's not un- unheard of. And stories like this aren't unheard of either. This isn't the first time this has happened. It's not uncommon at all for a DARE officer to be giving a presentation in front of a bunch of fifth graders and basically tell them, hey, look, these drugs are bad, kids. Look at look at these pictures of these evil drug addicts. Now, if your parents have any of these drugs in, in their house, we want to help them. We want to help your parents. And and the way that, that you can help us help them is by letting us know. Just tell us if your parents have drugs at home. You don't I don't think they know where...
0: Lawbreakers live, do yeah, you
2: I don't think they normally ask the kids to bring the drugs into school, but normally it's just tell us if your parents are there's a are certain personality, users. they call
0: that personality a tattletale, right? There's a certain personality that, that gets joy out of, you know, telling things yep. to authority figures that they want to know. And it takes a while for that personality to realize who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And I'm not saying the cops don't aren't sometimes the good guys, but in this instance, they're the bad guys.
2: Stassi- terrell the officer uh, in this case from the matthews police department also said that's what they're told to do to make us aware so they are told to turn in their parents Mm -hmm. it's not just a suggestion
0: I wonder if this guy's ever smoked marijuana himself. This officer, yeah. There's fairly high odds of that. Yeah, it's you know, police. It's not even. It won't even get you kicked off. uh, You know, your chances of not getting hired. uh, It it doesn't even preempt you from being hired in the the police departments. Yeah, in many departments for doing it. So it's crazy.
1: And the article here says that uh, the police did separate the family. They've been removed from the parents' house by social services, and they're currently staying with relatives. You're going to
0: love that. Well, at least that's fortunate.
1: Broke up up a family there.
0: Amazing. Terrell
2: says the town's D.A.R.E. officer spends time at each of the three elementary schools in Matthews teaching kids to make the right choice when it comes to drugs. Well, so the right choice is to uh, never alter one's consciousness because that's what they teach you in dare. And I'm not saying it's appropriate necessarily for an 11-year-old to be taking LSD or something like that. But I think Mm -hmm. that uh, the idea that it's somehow right to avoid altering one's state of consciousness, which is essentially what the message is, uh, that drugs are bad uh, and that it's wrong to use them, is just a bunch of poppycock alcohol is an incredibly popular and incredibly hard drug. Well, In fact, uh, people overdose on alcohol and they don't just have problems but with crashing have into to, cars. That
0: doesn't have to do with altering their, uh, their senses. You just said that it's, uh, the, the message is never alter your senses. And you know, well, no, what, my, what I was saying was that alcohol is an incredibly hard drug and
2: incredibly dangerous and it is also something that, that alters people's uh, state of consciousness and nobody's saying, hey kids, don't use alcohol when you turn 21. Well, nobody's the, saying that.
0: Right, but they're teaching them not to use it before they're 21 and uh, you know they what they're saying is to follow the law and uh, you know i think that there are parents that that would say that altering your consciousness is a bad choice no matter whether you're 18 or 38 it doesn't really matter let the parents teach that then i i think that i think it's a bad message because it's the sort of the abstinence message never have sex unless you're married kids you know they're not going to do it, and then they then they aren't armed with the, with facts.
2: If you think you can trust your child to not turn you into these government bureaucrats, that's good. But what if they do? It's a better idea to just keep them out of the school in the first place. 800-259-9231.
0: Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Del Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Del Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups, where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DelValleySilver.com. DelValleySilver.com.
2: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy our features there. We've got listening options. You can uh, listen in via our live streams in broadband or dial-up flavors. Plus, our webcam is there, and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Listen in 24-7 around the clock. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is always playing on our streams at listen.freetalklive.com. Uh, tonight in the studio, it's Ian. And Jason. And Mark. Uh, Jason Tally here joining us from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org as well as Talley.tv, and we've been discussing uh, just now this case out of... Uh, Actually, I'm not sure where exactly it is. I know that uh, WBTV is reporting on it. So uh, North Carolina, North Carolina, Matthews, North Carolina, where it's happened again. And how often this happens, I am not sure, because a lot of kids every single year in their fifth grade program, programming, if you will, of uh, the D.A.R.E. class, they are being instructed. They are being indoctrinated. They're being lied to. Yep. That marijuana is bad. And your parents... If you want to help them, kids, just tell us, tell Officer Friendly, and we're here to help, and you should trust us, because we're going to take care of your parents by arresting them. Police arrested this child's 40-year-old father and 38-year-old mother on Thursday night after. On Thursday after, he, this 11-year-old, came in and told them and actually brought their uh, rolled marijuana cigarettes to the police and said, Here you go. These are from my parents. Now, can you help them? Yeah. And here's how they're helping. Them. Please help my parents. They're, they're separating a family. The young man, as you pointed out, Jason, has been put into uh, custody of his relatives. Thankfully, he has relatives to be put in custody, uh, you know, uh, regarding uh, because there are possibly they're going to put him in a foster home if they don't. And it's just so tragic. And it really points out that these government schools are dangerous places for families to get involved in. As Mark pointed out, there are other programs that encourage kids to snitch out their parents and their neighbors on other matters that don't that aren't involving drugs. So if you think that, well, you, it doesn't matter, I can send my kids to government school because I'm not a pot smoker. That doesn't – that's not going to keep
0: you safe. You do something and, you know, at some point or another – and I don't know if he – even if it's happening now, who knows what's happening, but – you know, this is this is the government's territory. You're giving your most valuable possession to them and you're expecting that that most valuable possession, that they won't be successful in somehow turning them on you.
2: According to the father in the case, uh, he said, I don't give drugs to my kids. And when asked him of how his
0: kid got a hold of his drugs, he replied, that's no one's business. Well, now he doesn't now he doesn't want to give information out. That's the father doesn't. want. I understand. Give. But the father uh, let his kid find out about him smoking pot. Well, sometimes parents do those things in
2: front of their kids. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I th- there's nothing wrong with smoking pot, so why should you hide it from your kids? Yeah. The only reason you'd have to hide it from your kids is if they were going to some little snitch school where they're being encouraged to snitch out their parents.
1: Yeah. And they are. People shouldn't have to hide their martini habit from their children, so what's the difference with the pot smoke?
0: Uh, if, if, if it's against the law and you can lose your kid over it, and you did, then it's not a smart move, right? Well, just well, get, some, your,
1: get your kids out of these government schools uh, agreed, so that they can't right. turn— Turn them into the D.A.R.E. program.
0: Some people
2: have the belief that they can trust their kids. And in many cases, that's probably true. In many cases, kids understand that uh, mom and dad are important in their lives. And and who knows? Maybe this kid doesn't like his parents. It could
0: very well be the case. Uh, Who
2: knows what goes on on the inside of their household? I don't presume to know that. I'm not going to jump to any of those conclusions. But had he not been indoctrinated into the ways of the war on drugs in the first place, it's very unlikely that even if he didn't like his parents, that he would have gone so far as to, to do something like this. So, uh, so yeah, just another reason to get your kids out of these government schools. Let's go to your phone calls, your thoughts, and talk to Sean in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Jason, and Mark. Hello, Sean. How
5: you guys doing today? Hey,
2: great. What's on your mind?
5: Uh, well, I, I, it was funny because I was just thinking about this. Uh, it was on last, uh, yeah, last night. Uh, there's a great new show on HBO called Boardwalk Empire, and mm-hmm. it talks about, and it's all about uh, 1920s prohibition and the beginnings of that and the best part about it is that it it does not cut anything out i mean it shows uh the two sides that come with prohibition the rise of organized crime but then also the corruption that comes from police yep and and the destruction of our of our civil rights and liberties that come from that Uh, In one of the episodes, there's a you know I I don't pretend that this is you know straight out of the history books. It's obviously uh, you know uh, they obviously want a a good story on it. But uh, one of the uh, agents, you know, under the uh, under the new prohibition law, is looking. You know, he wants to find the people who are shipping in the booze. Well, he goes and finds this guy who was wounded uh, in a carjacking where some. Uh, Rum runners were attacked by other rum runners so they could steal their their booze. Uh, And to get information out of him, he sticks his hand into the wound and fiddles around with the guys' innards. Jeez. And and it just shows that, you know, it it creates this mentality when you have these drugs, per se. You know, alcohol is definitely
2: a drug. Nope. I don't know what just okay. happened there. Uh, hang on one moment with that thought. Uh, board operator should know that the volume dropped dramatically. Are you still with us? I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold here for a moment. I apologize about this. There have been some technical difficulties that happened to start, actually, as we uh, left for uh, for Los Angeles, Mark. Last week, we did our last show on Wednesday night. Then Sam and his uh, crew of co-hosts got in here on Thursday night, and all of a sudden, the levels of the phones uh, and the commercials and the, the, the music beds dropped down dramatically. What happened, as I understand it, is the network installed a new board. A new and improved board. But apparently, it wasn't quite configured correctly, and so there have been problems uh, ever since then, with uh, with that, and uh, and I apologize to our listeners about that uh, that interruption there. These things we, do happen, you know. Yep, we will uh, we'll get that back here. Sean, we're going to try you back. Uh, Sean, are you there in Indiana?
5: Yeah, yeah. Does everything
2: sound better now? Yeah, yes. that's better. Go ahead with what you were saying. If you could just uh, okay. rewind a little bit.
5: Sure, I was talking about the new show on HBO, uh, Boardwalk Empire, showing uh, the corruption that comes from both sides when you make uh, substances illegal, and uh, it, and also they also highlight how. It does not affect the sale or transfer or, you know, the, the actual demand that people have for these products. They're going to be there just because you write some arbitrary words down on a piece of paper stating, you know, you should not have this, does not affect what people want. And they're going to get it whether you like it or not.
2: Absolutely. And,
5: all, and so all it does is waste our taxpaying dollars. It wastes life and destroy and and not only that it sets up this idea that the state has the right to spy on us to convince our like you guys were talking about to convince our children that we're bad and to uh and to basically control personal decisions
2: so it was called uh, what again boardwalk empire boardwalk boardwalk empire
1: yeah, it's a new I'm HBO sorry. show. I think we
2: lost See that Maybe he's yeah. been having a problem with uh, with his phones. Uh, thank you for the call, Sean. I appreciate the, the information there at 800-259-9231. It sounds to me like the kind of treatment the subject uh, really deserves to show how just nasty prohibition is yeah. it looks like a good show
1: it stars a uh, cbu and it's on hbo so um and it's like is it's,
2: he hosting it or something like that well, no it's, it's like the sopranos
1: but it's in prohibition era um, oh
2: it's dramatized so wait right. it's not actually like a documentary it's, no no it's like atlantic oh, I city i believe
1: um but uh yeah hmm.
0: well he he the, the guy said that he didn't claim that it was all historically accurate that gave me the idea that it was uh a drama dramatized i see
2: uh, so one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the number. Let's continue with your thoughts, Bob, listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Bob in New Hampshire. Do we have Bob? Bob going once. Bob going twice? Maybe it's not. I don't know. So Maybe the phone system died over there. Well, I guess we'll find out here in good time. Of course, our numbers, by the way, uh, are uh, 800-259-9231. Alternately, we do have another phone number that is listed on our website. We don't give it out all the time on the air because, well, the toll-free number is more convenient for folks. Uh, but in the event that goes down, we can always take you at 603-435-1105. That's a local exchange that will dial you into. Directly in here into the studio, uh, whereas if you dial eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, that takes you to our network studios over at the Genesis Communications Network. So we always have the ability to take phone calls, even if there are problems on one side. It's or the free other.
4: talk live. We have to. Uh,
2: so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control of the airwaves. Uh, bring up whatever you want. We'll see if we can figure out what happened to Bob because I believe we were actually expecting his call. This is the Bob uh, from you. You were discussing earlier the man who's. Uh, going to be facing trial for growing some plants up That's here in right. new hampshire in december and uh, you go to weedaclaws.com to find out more weedaclaws.com we'll talk hopefully we'll be talking to him coming up here and we'll take your calls about anything this is free talk live become a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars per month you'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide visit amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. and join us online at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features we have there for free. So head over there and enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Some of those features, by the way, include our uh, wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com will get you there. Now, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, it's happening and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project as the three of us have done at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And we're going to get back to the phones here in just a moment. But just briefly on the Free State Project thing, Mark and myself have had the pleasure of being here for four years and, and really watching things grow and and get all the more exciting over time. Jason Talley here now from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. You've only been here for you know, a number of months. When did right. you make the arrival?
1: Uh, so it was like after Liberty Forum of this year. So around and, March, yeah. uh,
2: April range. Right.
1: And uh, I got to tell you, you know, I, before uh, moving here permanently, I traveled with uh, com, traveled the country meeting with activists. But right now, I mean, I live in, in Free Grafton, which is a, a small town, but uh, – I mean, there's activist galore. I don't have to even leave my town for there to be really exciting activism and um, great people that I can support and who can support me. And yeah, so- there's some
2: cool stuff going on, and people can go to freegrafton.com to find out what's happening in the Grafton area. But, I mean, you've really – you've come into a movement that has built up quite a bit over the last four years. So, I mean, I remember when we arrived here four years ago, people – one of the things that happens when people move into New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project is if they've got a moving truck full of stuff, people will show up at their house, provided they know in advance it's going to happen. So you make the announcement that you're going to show up, when you're going to show up, where you're going to be, uh, what time you need to be there. And all these activists will show up to help you unload your truck. Now, it's usually appropriate to bring some pizza and some beer or order some pizza and get some beer and you know reward them for their assistance. But so you can, does too That, that too. Uh, you can count on... These people to show up now. Back four years ago, people would have to come from all over the state to help somebody move in. Now there are enough people in every region that they can just come from regional areas to uh, to help somebody move in. And I mean, the the amount of activists here has grown significantly. We've got hundreds of people that have made the move. Uh, and the sooner you can get here, the better off everybody's going to be. I mean, Jason, you've really hit the ground running. You've plugged in uh, to some of the activism up here, and you've started your own things, which I think is even better. Uh, the more self starters we can get up here. The more people that are going to take a leadership role and get out there and just start creating or doing whatever it is they feel is missing from the movement is also very important.
1: Well, that's the cool thing is that there really aren't, you know, leaders necessarily. It's just, you know, people helping other activists out. Like, we all have our own comparative advantages. And so, you know, um, if people are going to do great activism, well, I want to be there to film it because it's going to you know, be something great for
2: Tally TV. Yeah, and I was actually telling you during one of the breaks that I think, I think that Tally TV is really great uh, because not only is the content great, but the, the production values are great. Uh, but also, it's a nice midpoint, I think, between two of the other c- commonly seen productions here. Uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. We talk a lot about some of the work that he does. He's a great boots on the ground activist who's got his camera in a whole bunch of different stuff that's going on. But Dave Ridley can't be everywhere. And uh, Dave, the way he does his uh, shooting is he shoots basically in in camera. He edits in camera. He doesn't uh, move anything around, he doesn't lay in any audio. He just very whatever low shoots, production values. Yeah. Whatever he shoots. Now, he's a pro, by the oh, way. Yeah. I mean, he comes from a professional background. But he understands that what he wants, what his goal is, is to get those reports out fast, to get them out immediately upon finishing the recording. And that's what he does. And he puts out something like six per week, I think, uh, or maybe it's a little left. I'm not sure what his current rate is. Depends on the week, probably. He's fairly busy. (laughs) he's got uh, got a lot of videos coming out tally.tv not coming out with uh, videos as often but more professional uh, like i said background music uh, nice pr- nice editing being done uh, on them and then you've got the obscure truth network we've got sam who tends to host the show on tuesday nights coming out with things a little bit less often than uh, than tally tv maybe longer presentations uh, maybe a little bit more on the polished side and and we've even seen seen sam ramping up production a little bit maybe Having more video producers here is going to fill in some of those gaps like like I felt like there was a gap between uh, Dave Ridley and Sam, and I think tally t v has kind of taken that uh, that gap. And then maybe we'll see an increase in production because there's some level of competition. Like, oh, man, that Jason Talley, he's outdoing me on those videos. I need to step it up. I need to start working to get my uh, my stuff out sooner.
1: I don't look at anything as competition, but I, I do have a lot it's to a learn. It's a friendly competition. Uh, can can, can you
2: wait a minute? Now, can, why not look at it as competitive? Because like when FreeGrafton.com came out, I was fully in support of it. I talk about it on the air, but it's competition, man. You guys in Grafton are competing but with uh, With the folks in Keene, to have an exciting activism movement that is worth talking about that is worth reporting on that is worth eyeballs coming to, and those eyeballs are going to make a decision at some point of, well, I want to move to Grafton because I like Grafton Gulch and I like the uh, the civil disobedience that 's happening there, or I want to move to Keene because I like the you know the city and and some of the things that are going on there, uh, or you know Manchester, I know they 're talking about doing something, but I think having different sites out there it is valuable because it it raises the bar for everybody. That's sure. not a bad thing, right?
1: Well, no, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, but these are all different types of products. I mean, I have a lot to learn from Dave Ridley and uh, Sam sure. Dodson, uh, you know, about video production. Um just like, uh, you know, we, we took a lot of things from uh, Free Keen when we made uh, Free Grafton. But, you know, they're all different. I'm covering a different beat because I do live uh, up north in Grafton. So I have different stories that I can cover. And I have, you know, we're all different people. So we're going to cover things differently. We have, you know, different tastes in music or style. So, I mean, it just really reflects the different personalities that we have, I suppose.
0: Tell me about uh, Grafton real quick. How many uh, people live in the municipality known as Grafton?
1: That's a good question. Um, uh, there's a higher uh, density of liberty activists in Grafton than anywhere else, but that's just because it's a very small town. Um,
2: there's probably like uh, 30 uh, people that would consider themselves free staters. Sounds uh, about on par with, with the population here in Keene, so definitely a higher uh, yeah. percentage. I'll tell you what, let's talk to a Graftonite. I think he's on the phone with us right now. Uh, Bob is with us. Is this Claus Bob in New Hampshire?
3: That's who it is, Ian.
2: Hey, uh, welcome to Free Talk Live, com. W-E-E-D-A-C-L-A-U-S dot com. Yep, exactly. That's it. Now, uh, what are you talking about tonight, Bob? How can we help you?
7: Well, I uh, wanted to follow up on, um, I think Sean was pointing a few things out tonight about marijuana prohibition and so forth. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I've become a little bit of an expert on the New Hampshire law uh, because I've had to do some research. And uh, this probably won't surprise you guys, but they don't follow their own rules. Huh, how about that? Uh, how about that? Um, what I'm uh, speaking to specifically is that this uh, scheduling of marijuana, currently it's a Schedule One drug, which is the scariest kind.
2: That's uh, the same uh, level as heroin, as I understand it.
7: Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, what happens is um, when they schedule something, it's very difficult to get it uh, rescheduled. Mm-hmm. However, there is a mechanism in the New Hampshire law which is currently being ignored by the Commission of Health and Human Services. Uh, What I'm speaking about is uh, if it has any known medical use anywhere in the United States, uh, by definition, if you look at uh, the RSAs under uh, New Hampshire 318B, uh, it can't fall in as a Schedule I drug, but they haven't done anything about it. Uh, As a lot of your listeners probably know, uh, there are at least 14 states where they do have medical marijuana programs, and the United States itself uh, has a, a program that's been going on for years, where they've been uh, supplying marijuana to uh, just a few select patients. Uh, that's the first thing I wanted to mention. Uh, the other thing is the schedule itself is supposed to be revised and published by the commissioner. That hasn't happened
1: in New Hampshire.
7: Uh, doing a little investigation in that, and uh,
1: so are they going
7: uh, right? to
1: are they going to start releasing all the prisoners because the state of New Hampshire hasn't released a, uh, their drug schedule?
7: Well, you know that's a good question. Maybe
2: Dave. with a lawsuit, I, I, um, who knows?
7: Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm I, I'm kind of just doing a, a broad overview, and it's a little uh, it's kind of dry reading the laws and so forth, and, and and boring. And up until this date, I don't know that really anyone's picked up on that. And and I can't claim that I'm the one that discovered that. A, a very good friend of mine who's uh, uh, good on these legal issues that turned me on to it and the more I dug into it I began to say well hmm there's got to be a catch to this but uh, with some follow-up on on my end there is no catch they've they haven't published it they what they do is they use the federal drug schedule there is no New Hampshire drug schedule but if you really read the law from you know front to back um, there's some things that they're supposed to do that they failed to do
1: so um, why is the state of New Hampshire waging the uh, the United States of America's war on drugs on its own, own people?
7: Well, that's a good question. Um, and again, I mean I – Federal uh,
1: money? That's my guess. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, one outrageous thing I think uh, regarding uh, Bob's case,
2: his prosecutor is, is paid by in large part by federal funds. Mm-hmm. It's hey, disgusting. Bob, do you want to stick around and tell us more about your case and uh, any other sure. thoughts you might have? Great. We'll hang on sure. to you. Weeda uh, Claus is with us here, uh, if you prefer to be called that. Uh, more coming up here with him in moments. Your calls as well are welcome at 800-259-9231. That is SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number three is on the way next. And you can take control of the airwaves, as we like to say here on Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. More Weeda Claus on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. let CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Jason. And Mark. And Jason uh, Talley is joining us from... The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. You can go to cdevolution.org to learn more about that. Maybe we'll talk a little bit further about CD Evolution in a bit. We've actually got somebody on the line with us, so we're going to get back to that in a moment. Weedaclaws is with us. But first, I want to welcome our brand-newest affiliate, and I'm welcoming them in advance of actually even adding them to the website, simply because I just got back uh, yesterday from a weekend in Los Angeles. We can talk more about that a little bit as well, but I've been busily catching up. Haven't had a chance to update the website to add these folks, but they are on board, and our listeners now, uh, we can officially acknowledge them, listening in Presque Isle, Maine, to WEGP. We had a guy call last week, actually, because they started started our show a few days in advance of us officially being able to announce them. I mean, yeah, what do you do with that, we didn't you get know. the piece of paper from them yet. Um, and so uh, so now, WEGP listeners, welcome aboard. They're in Presque Isle, Maine. And now we can finally claim, yay for us, uh, we can finally claim to be on from Maine to Hawaii. Free Talk Live is on from
0: Maine to Hawaii, from and
2: Alaska to Florida. Alaska to Florida, yeah. So all across uh, the, the so-called United States. So, uh, again, welcome to WEGP. If you are listening out there uh, and you don't have a radio station locally that you can tune Free Talk Live on, and by the way, WEGP is joining us for all of our weeknights, and they're going to be live all three hours, so that's great, too, because we don't have a whole lot of live weeknight affiliates. We've got some weeknight affiliates, but a number of them are taking the show in delay broadcast. So, uh, WEGP listeners, you are listening live. Don't hesitate to get involved. And if you're listening, if you're not listening live, if you're listening via podcast or you're listening on a radio station that delays the show, you can still get involved. You can still call in and comment on, a, you know, an item that we've been discussing or something that you want to talk about. You don't have to be listening live to the show in order to call into it. So, our live hours are from 7 to 10 at night, Eastern Time. Calculate as necessary and call us up at 800-259- 9231 as we continue with Weeda Claus. Listening in New Hampshire, uh, Bob is with us calling from uh, I don't know where you are, Bob, but uh, it's my understanding you uh, you did live in the Grafton area.
7: Exactly. Uh, I, I wanted to point out that uh, Weed Clause doesn't advocate cannabis use. Weed Clause is more into advocating self ownership, the natural right of self ownership. So mm-hmm. uh, certainly, if a person doesn't use cannabis but they support self ownership, uh, maybe they ought to come on out and uh, help us out on November fifth in Concord, about three thirty p.m. in
2: front of the State House. What's going on uh, November 5th?
7: Well, we're going to try and get some people there uh, basically redressing our grievances. We had uh, held a couple, one in August, one in September, at liquor stores. Uh, I felt, as did a number of people there, that we needed to point out the hypocrisy of uh, the state of New Hampshire essentially having an alcohol cartel where they sell this past year $511.4 million in alcohol sales for a substance that can and does kill people, and yet they'll put peaceful people in jail for a substance that it's physically impossible to kill
2: somebody. Now, this is so uh, the, these, well. uh, pr- pr- I guess, protests for redress of grievances or something like that are being done. Yeah. They have been done, two of them already, uh, right. with a relatively good turnout, from what I can tell, of activists, and the police have not arrested anybody at these, correct? The, the no, they
7: haven't. Uh, I, I believe it's still okay for us to redress our grievances. I, I think that that's... Uh, a fundamental right, uh, again, I, I, believe it's a natural right, but it's also enumerated in the, uh, United States constitution. But from my point of view, uh, you know, again, the hypocrisy is just simply overwhelming. Um, you know, when you have a state that literally, uh, has the monopoly on selling alcohol, but you know, hundreds and perhaps thousands of people are in New Hampshire jails and, and uh, in prisons, uh, or a less harmful substance.
1: Well, Bob, uh, they want to, uh, I mean, they want you to be one of those people that they want to put in a cage, right? Can you tell everybody about uh, the background of your story? And uh, if you go to well, com, you can go to find a video where Bob is interviewed by myself at Tally TV. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the uh, listeners?
7: Absolutely. Uh, well, it's a fairly typical story um, in that. Um, the police like to use informants, and I don't want to say a heck of a lot at this point in time about that. But uh, I'm a peaceful guy. I live uh, off the grid. I, I don't, uh, I don't believe in initi- initiating aggression of any kind to anybody. Um, I've never harmed anyone, and I believe that I own myself, and that everybody should own themselves. Um, as far as the the case itself, it's been kind of bumping along. I was arrested about 13 months ago. Um, I anticipate going to trial in December. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, my folder's pretty thick, a lot of legal things flying back and forth. Um, I think what'll probably end up happening, unless the jury uh, sees fit to uh, find me not guilty, I'll probably be found guilty, and um, I intend to appeal, and hopefully I'll be out on appeal. And that process could perhaps take another year, but there's no guarantees. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility, it's probably even a decent possibility that Uh, I'd be going to the state prison, perhaps as early as uh, sometime this winter.
1: And uh, for what they call it, manufacturing a drug, but it's just uh... yeah, yeah,
7: manufacturing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's kind of an interesting term that they use, um, uh, manufacturing a plant. Um, But getting back to the schedule, um, I've never seen this New Hampshire schedule. The reason I've never seen it is because it doesn't exist, and I have proof of that. That's been denied. I put a motion through in court, and that's been denied. It's my opinion that um, sometimes uh, the courts don't always lean towards the defendant, and that's what's happening. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: lean. Uh, the courts aren't supposed to lean. They're supposed to be completely unbiased.
7: Exactly. Um, but I I intend, to, uh, I think what I'm supposed to do, according to their script, is I'm supposed to, you know, bow my head and not come out publicly? But I figure, hey, I've already been arrested, and I intend to do full disclosure in the public realm. Good on you. Uh, so uh, there'll be other things coming out, um, some of my uh, legal research and. If and only so forth. more
2: people, uh, Weedah Claus, would have the the level of courage that you do to take these marijuana charges they're facing, whether it's for growing or selling or or p- possessing or whatever to take those charges to court and go to a trial as you are, it would do amazing things to this system because it would force them to go to jury trials in many of these cases that would result in dropped charges in, in, uh, in a lot of them because in a lot of these cases they don't actually have the evidence they need to get a conviction. They just have a bunch of hot air where they've made mistakes in their investigation and they don't want those to be revealed and they just figure they're going to intimidate people into pleading guilty and they figure correctly 99.9% of the time you're the one percent that actually bothers to take this to court i can tell you that here in uh, in cheshire county new hampshire where we're doing this show there is a monthly jury fully informed jury association activism that that's supposed to happen here but it hasn't happened in the last 3 months not because no one's shown up we've all been ready to come out to it but they just haven't picked a jury for anything right, in a quarter of a year.
0: And I think your numbers are right when you talk about 99.9% of people charged with a crime take a uh, plea bargain. And remember, plea bargains help no one. If you're talking about somebody who's guilty, then the victim, uh, the, the the victim is being cheated by a plea bargain. If you're talking about somebody who's not guilty, then the, uh, the, the 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 offender or whatever the term is, the defendant is being cheated by not being guilty. The only one who benefits from these plea bargains are the the law enforcement apparatus, uh, the cops and the prosecutors and that kind of thing, because they can move more people through the system. If the point, wheel keeps turning. If point one percent of the population that has that is charged with crimes would uh, more of them would take their, their uh, uh, p- 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 cases to trial, it would jam the system up
4: to irreparably.
1: Well, I asked Bob to call tonight because I think what he's doing is courageous. Uh, you know, They want you to yeah. lawyer up. They want you to hang your head down in shame, but not Bob. Bob is speaking out. Um, you know, And also, he's uh, he's recruiting other victims of this uh, war on people over drugs, and uh, we're telling their stories. And so we're working together on, uh, on Tally TV and And So is uh,
2: WeedyClaws.com the best place to go to continue to stay updated on what's going on?
1: And on Bob's case, absolutely. But
2: Bob, I'd hope that you would call in to Free Talk Live as more develops uh, in, in what you're facing. Would you do that for us?
1: Absolutely, yes. And thanks for having me on, guys. Great. We're glad
2: you're out job. there. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. com. And Mark, how can folks help themselves in, uh, in court?
0: Well, if you're considering taking your case to court without an attorney, go to JurisDictionary.com. It is a it is a uh, course for people that are trying to take their case to court without an attorney. I'm taking it, and I think it's good for you. JurisDictionary.com. All right, there's
2: more coming up here with your thoughts are welcome. Uh, where your thoughts are welcome, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can talk about uh, prohibition or whatever is on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Some of the features include our webcam. You can watch, listen, and chat. Our chat room built into the same page as the cam. You can pop them both out into their own separate pages if you want to. Uh, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com to enjoy that. And now there's a
0: real reason to watch the cam. Mark is wearing an eye patch. Indeed, I am wearing an eye patch. I, I've got some kind of eye problem going on, and I'm. I'm... It's not that I can't see out of the eye, it's not that it's disfigured in some kind of horrible way. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's it's blurry. The eye vision's kind of blurry in one spot, there's a bump on the back, on my retina. Right. I've been ha-
2: treated for it, but it
0: hasn't quite cleared up. It yet, hasn't yet, cleared right? up, and what it's doing is sort of sympathetically messing up the vision in the other eye. So mm. I'm trying to get back the twenty twenty in the other eye by covering this one and seeing if I can, you know, get it to, to, to act right. And we'll see if that happens. No. But otherwise it I've got this Nick Fury look going on. Was I I think it's I, I would call it a snake plisc.
2: look personally, but uh, what it... Would it uh, was it? Uh, I'd suggest you pick it up at a, like a drugstore. Can you get these things at drugstores for anybody that wants Absolutely. to don an it's, eye patch?
0: It's, 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 it, it was four dollars yeah. at CVS or something like that. I think yeah. you
2: need a better backstory for the eye patch.
1: <laughs> like maybe you lost <laughs> it in the war, maybe like uh, denang or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I'd have to explain why I I, I why can you're pull it off. Forty years old too, <laughs> and then you were in da Nang. Um, <laughs> anyway, the cam where you can see me with an yeah. eye patch waving at the uh, Cam.freetalklive.com Brought it's, to you by memory dealers uh, memory dealers is your is the world's large has the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers they're 100 percent compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99 percent off of list price they're in stock ready to ship via overnight delivery it's memorydealers.com to
2: the phones and the fun mickey listening to wbhp in huntsville you're on free talk live hello mickey
8: hi yeah i'd like that one thing with before you went on break brother you brought the word prohibition that's I can't believe there's people up there in the federal government stupid enough to, that they don't understand prohibition don't work. But anyway, I'm, well, uh, is
2: it? Wait a minute, Mickey. Is it that they're stupid, or is it that it works for them in that they can aggregate more money to themselves? That these these federal government bureaucracies, for instance, just a quick story for you, and I'll let you go on with what you were going to say, uh, Mark. You and I had the chance to meet a guy who formerly worked for the DEA. And he told us that for the longest time, it did not take him a long time to work for the DEA to learn that uh, what he was doing was completely pointless, Uh, breaking into people's homes, kicking in doors, hurting people, uh, arresting people, destroying lives. He knew that it wasn't doing anything, but it did give him a paycheck and uh, it did give him an adrenaline rush. So it was very beneficial to him and his cronies in the DEA, but not so beneficial to the rest of us. So maybe they're just viewing it from a different perspective.
8: Well, I mean, kicking in doors and stuff like that, they're breaking the laws anyway, committing home team felonies. But anyway... Well, I'm remember,
2: talking. it's not a broken law when they do it, because they're the gang <laughs> that's in charge, right?
8: Well, maybe i ever kick my door and they'll find out. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I was talking about Eric Holder right there, thinking about him. You know, he's putting out here, I've I heard him where, uh, well, if the California or you any know, other state passes a legalization of Maryland, are going to jump all over it? Well, mm-hmm. you know, there's a First Amendment thing there about freedom of speech and expression and. If you're a freedom of speech and expression, you want to have fun with some Mary Jane, like I always liked it. In fact, I used to take cigarette rolling machines, roll them up in regular cigarettes, uh, paper, put them in packs, and I'd smoke them right in front of the cops.
2: <laughs> nice. Everywhere
8: i go, man, I'd smoke them inside bars, and just to, just to help out, I'd hand them out free, man. You know?
0: That's fantastic. We I need think... you up here in New Hampshire. Yeah, right? the, the, the cops may be a little <laughs> more hip to the smell these days.
8: Yeah, I suppose so, but that's the way I do it. But another thing is, uh, I'm not going to, you know... Eric Holder didn't create the MJ plant man, God did. So federal authority doesn't supersede God's authority. On top of that, I'm an Indian, I'm a Mohawk. Now you guys up New England ought to hear about probably heard about us Mohawks and you know? all. So I consider it this way. I don't bow down to federal authority. This ain't their land, this is mine.
2: Right on, brother. And if
8: I wanna if I wanna smoke and I consider every square inch of this land, From coast to coast, north, south, and east, and west, the Indian land, regardless of the tribal thing, those plants grow on our land right there. And if we want to partake of what's on our land, Eric Holder and the rest of them morons up there ain't got nothing (laughs) to say about it.
2: I love this guy. Thank you, uh, Mickey, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. If only more people had that attitude. Like, screw you. I'll do whatever I want to. It's my life. Leave me alone.
0: I don't think you need the uh, explanation that you're, uh, um, uh, you know, part Native American or or whatever term in order to do that. I think it's still your life. If you were born, born here, you're a Native American.
1: Well, yeah, we all own ourselves and we can consume whatever we want. We just can't hurt people. It's natural law. You don't hurt people. You don't take their stuff. And as long as you don't do that, then you're fine.
2: Well, as he was saying, attorney genital Eric Holder does not agree with you, Jason. Uh, and I've actually got the story here in my show prep for tonight. I think it came off the front page at freetalklive.com, uh, where according to the SFGate San Francisco Chronicle, the Obama administration has denounced Proposition 19, which would legalize personal use of marijuana in California, and it is hitting the ballot on November 2nd. The attorney General of the United States promises to vigorously enforce The federal ban on possession, growing, and selling the drug if voters approve uh, the ballot measure. The pledge came Thursday from Attorney General Eric Holder, who oversees the government's anti-narcotics operation. Uh, Proposition 19, he says, would greatly complicate federal drug enforcement efforts to the detriment of our nation. Good. If anybody can call in with
1: uh, examples of any hope or change that the Obama administration has brought us, I, yeah. I'd like to hear it because this is ridiculous. hes you know, uh, It was Richard Nixon who coined the phrase war on drugs, and they've mm-hmm. been implementing it ever since. And you have Barack Obama who's carrying on the same war on drugs from Nixon to the, the, the Bush presidents to the, the Clinton. There's no hope or change. It's
2: ridiculous. You're it rid- is ridiculous. And if you look at the people that supported um, Barack Obama, a good portion of them likely have friends or are marijuana uh, Consumers. Barack Obama was a marijuana he consumer. Was. Yeah, that's right. But now he's changed his mind. It a was co-consumer. wrong consumer. Oh, same thing with uh, Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger. Yep. You know, when when he signed this recent uh, uh, bill in California for just a smidge of decriminalization, um, he he's. Sp- spoke out and he said this should, marijuana consumption should not be uh, legal at all. And there's photos of him. You As know. though
2: any of those men would be better off if they had spent five years in a prison cell right. when they, if they had gotten caught for these drugs. Barack Obama would never be the president of the United States gang if he had ever been busted for using cannabis.
0: He's done well, it. if he'd ever been busted and it actually went through because these guys are tend to be from rich and powerful families this is true. who are able to suppress this stuff. But, yeah, I
2: mean, a great point. Where's the, the hope and the change? Because this is business as usual for the federal government, where even when state government people get it in their heads to start doing something in a more positive direction toward freedom, these people step in with threats. They step in by intimidating and saying, yeah, whatever, you California people, you can vote for whatever the heck you want to, but we're still going to come in there and arrest you
1: for and, it. And just like Clause was talking about, uh, we're following uh, – New Hampshire is following federal drug uh, – the schedule. Uh, you know, When did New Hampshire become subservient to the United States government? This is the live free or die state. let supposed acting to be the like opposite. It, right? I mean,
0: the, the, the United States is a government made up of the states. And the intention is well, that the states would, are supposed to be superior, not inferior.
2: And it's stuff like this that hopefully liberty-minded people can spin into getting people to support the idea of secession. Now, the nullification so-called movement has been sort of uh, you know, growing a little I'm bit. For and, it. And that's cool. But that's not going far enough. Why should this federal government be around? There's no reason for it. They do nothing for us. Nothing at all. They do is take and they take and they take and they control and they control and it never stops. The the, the taking and the controlling just keeps continuing. It just continues to increase. Even when state governments figure out ways to uh, you know, try to reduce the, the, the impact of government on people's lives, the feds continue to step in the way. We'll give you some more details on this and also take your calls about whatever you want.
0: Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com for out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com.
2: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Jason and Mark. And Jason's joining us. He is the executive director of the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at CDEvolution.org. Uh, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. We've got a bulletin board system where you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners over at
0: bbs.freetalklive.com. It's all totally free for you. That's BBS. Freetalklive dot com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up to the minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com. So, the
2: news uh, that we've been reporting on here is the SF Gate, San Francisco Gate, reporting on the federal government intending to crack down on people in California if they dare, dare to vote in favor of this Proposition 19, which essentially threatens the federal government's aura of legitimacy. Because the federal government would have you believe, as we'd mentioned earlier tonight, uh, that, uh, or as Weedaclaus mentioned, I believe, that the marijuana is a Schedule One narcotic with the federal government. Schedule One, putting marijuana, one of the most benign substances on Earth, one of the most beneficial substances, hemp plant can be uh, used to create all kinds of useful products uh, and services. The One of those useful benign substances on Earth is supposedly as dangerous as heroin, according to the U.S. federal government. And... Uh, the state of New Hampshire hasn't even published their
1: schedule. They're using this uh, ridiculous schedule by the federal government to enforce their laws.
2: And so these Californians decide they want to go further than medical marijuana, which they did back with Proposition 215 in 1996. They want to go further than that, and they want to full-out legalize all cannabis for, for, for whatever recreational use you want. And it's, it's going on the ballot. They've had success getting it on the, the ballot. They've gone
0: through that process. It's, it's, it's really very exciting. It, the uh, could the, win.
2: Yeah, it very well could. The polls are showing that it, it, it very well may win uh, in California. And, of course, it should. It's a sensible thing. Allowing people to make this personal choice for their own lives makes sense. But yet the federal government is, is basically saying, the attorney General Eric Holder, is uh, saying, yeah, we're just going to keep enforcing our laws uh, in yep. California. We don't care about what you people want.
0: Yeah, clattering the, the sword, uh, saying, you know, you, if you do this, we're going to do whatever we want and we're going to hurt you.
1: So if uh, California law enforcement is supposed to protect its citizens, does that mean they're going to protect them against the federal government?
2: No,
0: it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all. That's unfortunate.
2: So the Obama administration has been less receptive to the prospect of a state repealing all criminal penalties for marijuana use by adults. That It was earlier in the article, which we didn't read, it was talking about how uh, the attorney genital had claimed he would lay, off, lay hands off uh, as far as or take his hands off of the medical marijuana patients out there but they're still going to crack down on anybody that they uh, believe is using or selling or growing for for uh, for you know for non-medical purposes Gil Karolowski, the director of Obama's Office of National Drug Control Policy, is basically the top drug, uh, drug enforcer in America co-wrote a newspaper column in August calling Proposition 19 an ill-considered scheme that would increase marijuana 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 use and add to health problems and traffic deaths without delivering the tax revenue that its backers promise. Holder said Thursday that California, by restricting the authority of state and local officers to seize marijuana, would interfere with efforts to target drug traffickers who frequently distribute marijuana alongside cocaine and other controlled substances. He said that we'll vigorously enforce the federal law against those individuals and organizations that possess, manufacture, or distribute marijuana for recreational use, even if such activities are permitted under state law. And it's stuff like this that should give people a real reason to start considering secession. Those
1: are the same arguments that you could use against liquor, uh, even more so because liquor is actually dangerous. You could actually die from uh, drinking too much liquor. You can't say the same thing of marijuana. He
2: also suggested the federal government might sue to overturn Proposition 19 if it
0: passed, you know, I, I'd be very interested in that because it's, where does the federal government get its uh, power to make marijuana illegal in the first place? As I understand it, marijuana isn't in fact illegal; it is just uh, you know they have these tax stamps for it that they don't issue. So how is it that a state that the federal government could sue a state in order to not allow marijuana to be legal when in fact it is legal in the federal? Level anyway. No, no, Mark.
2: I don't know about that. it, it being legal in the, at the federal level. I'm how can sure they do that. any of this? I mean, if we own ourselves,
1: how, how dare
2: anybody tell us what we can and can't do with our own body as long as we're not hurting other well, people? Well, we know how. They've got men with guns who are willing to come in and enforce their way upon us. And it's up to uh, people just to finally say no, no. Obama was more restrained when asked about marijuana enforcement Thursday at a town hall meeting. He said that government's resources are limited and suggested that decisions would have to be made between prosecuting drug kingdoms pins versus somebody with some small amount in terms of possession and maybe that's true to an extent it's pretty unlikely that a federal cop is going to bust you for walking down the beach smoking a joint in california after it's legalized but that doesn't mean that they won't be attempting to interdict with uh, with dealers and, and growers and right. screw up the supply it's, chain it's
0: amazing how uh, big of a kingpin your average dealer is when the dea actually catches them Oh, yeah. you yeah. know Suddenly, the, the you, you know this nobody dealer is, is suddenly a kingpin.
2: Well, the lady we were talking about earlier, uh, but Nurse Patricia, had something like, uh, I think, allegedly 40 plants, and they tried to make her look out to be like she was a kingpin. But they it wasn't needed to send for- a message. It,
1: well, yeah, exactly. That's what the judge said, that he needed to send a message, but it wasn't even 40 plants because uh, they were trying to, uh, what's called cloning the plants, which mm-hmm. was just taking one part uh, from a plant into another. So, uh, you know, and she's like, what, what do they do? Do they, like, count the soil? I mean, it's ridiculous. But the reason they do this is because the prosecutor and the and the cops they all get promoted you know they get to put this on their performance reviews that look look how big this bus is it makes bigger headlines um and it's just the biggest scam possible and like we were talking about earlier it's your dare programs going into the schools it's your media that's picking up on this and and keeps reporting it you you have all these editorials from major newspapers in California that are um editorializing against this proposition and, you know so Who knows? You just don't know what to trust, other than if you use it yourself, you know that it's not going to turn you into
2: a crazy reefer uh, madness-like parody. It just goes to show that when you challenge the status quo... The people who are benefiting from that status quo will come out in force and do everything they can to, to just slam you, uh, to, uh, to just paint you with as, as nasty a brush as they possibly can. And that's why I say, uh, by all means, do civil disobedience on top of all of this, because uh, any time you make that challenge, they will get upset. They will write hate, uh, spew hate towards you and try to make you look like the most evil person in the world just for opposing prohibition let alone getting out in public and doing something like civil disobedience like we've seen done here
0: in New Hampshire. Really what you oppose is these people's paychecks. I mean, yeah. that's what it boils down to. And their authority. Nine out of ten police officers have been hired since the you know, the late 70s or the early 70s when Nixon declared his war on drugs. So one might make the argument that nine out of ten police officers are there to enforce drug prohibition. I think that's an exaggeration.
2: but A I mean, lot of them were hired because of federal money that's come in to expand police departments in the drug enforcement area. So there's, there's no doubt about that. But a lot of former cops get it. Uh, we've got a lot of guys that have joined law enforcement against prohibition. I don't know if Joseph McNamara is. He's a former San Jose police chief, though. And he said this, if the federal government wants to keep fighting the nation's failed war on marijuana while we're in the midst of a sagging economic recovery and two wars, it just proves that the establishment politicians' priorities are wrongly focused on maintaining the status quo. So some politicians or former uh, political people like this sheriff or this former uh, police chief, rather, they get it. They understand it. They're willing to admit they're wrong, but it's much less likely that somebody who's involved in the government, who's currently active, currently receiving a paycheck from them, will admit, yeah. Mm. I was wrong about the, my support of the war on drugs. I see the error in my ways. It was wrong for me to support putting uh, peaceful people in cages, and I'm sorry about that. Being in the federal government and any government means never having to say you're sorry. Yep.
1: And that's why you need people like uh, Brad Jardis, who you know was doing his job and just finally said, I cannot do it. It is immoral.
2: Yep, he did. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL cai toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain but there are enough uh, there is enough time rather here for your phone call at 800-259-9231. CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231 should also welcome our listeners uh, to WBHP in Huntsville. We've had uh, BHP on for a little while. And they're on more often now than they were in the past, taking extra hours of the show on weeknights, I think taking our third hour of the program live, and also running our show on their stream, uh, stream only, for three hours at night. So as soon as our live hours are done at 9 p.m. Central, you can pick up the full three hours of the show after that stream only uh, through their website, uh, WBHP, there in Huntsville. Uh, so, but welcome to our new on-air listeners who are getting us now five nights a week uh, from, I believe, 8 to 9 o'clock Central Time. So... We've got more time in Huntsville thanks to uh, their program director, Stuart Langston, who we had the ch- chance to meet this weekend Indeed, in Los Angeles. Thanks to our listeners for sending us there. The Free Talk Live amplifiers are the ones who are responsible for helping this show expand to new radio stations, to new ears around the world via r- uh, radio stations or on the Internet. Free Talk Live listeners like you are contributing three dollars a month, at least three dollars a month to become Free Talk Live amplifiers at amp.freetalklive.com. And I have to be honest, I haven't had a chance to catch up on my amps. I was gone all weekend. Normally, I do um, processing of amps, new amps. Uh, on uh, Saturdays but I wasn't in town for it so I will get to that as soon as I possibly can so apologize for anybody that's been waiting for anything there uh, so a lot of the amp processing is still done by hand unfortunately so you, you're relying on me to uh, to do do certain things but when you become a free talk live amplifier you get access to the amp only uh, call in lines you get access to the amp only forum now that's automatic when you sign up it's one of the things we fixed I don't have to actually touch this when you sign up you will instantly have access to the free talk live amp only forum which allows you to interact with other amplifiers and get a full list of our free talk live amp perks like the amp only call-in numbers like uh, other details that you you'll need i think the picture of mark having a a mohawk uh back in the 80s is still in there somewhere uh so there's certain special things that the free talk live amplifiers get access to Uh, so go to (laughs) amp.free jason's laughing he thinks that's funny uh so now you 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 know if you had the mohawk and the eye patch imagine
0: how cool that would be i imagine i'd just be that much larger (laughs) of a dork
2: So go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. You can uh, join up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. Uh, You also get the amp-only emails and more, so we kind of keep the amplifiers in the loop. It's some of the things that are going on behind the scenes to get access to, uh, test out new features and things like that when they're available, amp.freetalklive.com. So, yeah, we went to this uh, radio convention over the weekend, and this is one of the things that the amplifier money goes to. It doesn't just go to doing advertising to radio stations or internet advertising. To bring new internet listeners on board, but a couple times a year, one to two times a year, we'll uh, usually we travel to New York City to go to these conventions. But this one was happening in L.A., so we flew all the way across the country. Got up at four something in the morning should have no, got up up, earlier
0: got, i think i got up at 3 30
2: yeah we should have gotten up a half an hour earlier because we actually ended up missing the flight uh at manchester airport i blame you you blame me i was the one that told you we should go a half hour earlier than you originally wanted to go but it wasn't but early wanted, enough
1: we want to hear the juicy details how was libertopia what'd you guys do
2: Yeah. Well, actually, Libertopia, we did have a chance to stop by there for four hours. That was kind of an afterthought, though. We didn't really plan the trip around that because it was my understanding Libertopia was originally going to be in San Francisco. They changed it at some point uh, to Hollywood. And I found out I think about that after I'd already purchased the tickets. So we uh, we got out of the, the radio conference at about two o'clock in the afternoon after watching Glenn Beck uh, give a, a final speech. And whatever you think of his politics, he's a darn good speaker. Yep. Um. So he was there. Dave Ramsey is also a talk radio host who's really big. He's got a like f- I think he may have more stations than Glenn Beck. I'm not sure about that, but Dave Ramsey is this financial not advice as big guy of a name.
0: Yeah, he's this financial advice guy, and he uh, was speaking there. So he had uh, Arthur uh, Laffer, the from the Laffer Curve. He had an economist there, and he was he was uh, engaging. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah it was a little too good. political for my taste, but engaging nonetheless. Yeah, it was better though than a lot of the polit- uh, the politicians
2: they've had at these things yes. in the past.
0: Beats so, the heck out of having Bill or Bennett. The Police
2: Chief. They oh, had oh. The, the L.A. Police Chief there a few uh, years ago. That was horrible. Was it Joe
0: Biden one year? Yeah, it was Ugh. horrible.
2: So, But the reason we don't go there to see the speeches as much as we go there to be seen. The purpose of Free Talk Live going to these things is so that we can uh, press the flesh and schmooze it up. With the uh, the industry bigwigs, so they can see us and know that we're players,
0: if you will, in this uh, talk
2: radio game.
0: I can't tell you how many times I heard over the weekend that these guys, or you know, referring to us, uh, you know, these guys or you guys are doing it right. They're saying that we're going about the right way to self syndicate. We're going and uh, and shaking hands at the conventions. We're making you're making telephone calls to the the uh, program directors yourself, Mm -hmm. and we're keeping our overhead low. And they're you know they're they're all impressed and congratulate, yeah. congratulatory.
2: So frequently, I'll meet people who I've been talking to for years on the phone. At because that's what I do. I make calls to radio stations in the mornings when I get up. I start making calls and uh, talk to these guys and introduce them to the show. But usually, it's just an over-the-phone relationship. And getting to meet those guys in person is is pretty valuable. Um, so that's, that's the main purpose is for us to be there to just be seen as part of the industry, regular faces at these events. And now having gone to them for what, maybe five years, four years, I don't remember when we went to our first one, but it's been several years. Seems like at least five years. So, uh, you know, we're starting to be seen as regular attendees at these events, and uh, the Talkers event in New York City has been actually inviting me to speak uh, on panels and things like that for the last few years, which is even better uh, for our exposure, because there was a couple guys we met. One of these uh, hosts calls himself a libertarian. He's uh, from Los Angeles on one of the talk stations there, and they mentioned that they recognized me from when I was on a panel at Talkers earlier this year. And that's So, again, it's important to be seen here. And it's thanks to our listeners who've become amplifiers that send us there because we honestly wouldn't really be able to afford it. This is radio. We don't make a whole boatload of money uh, at this. And it's likely that we wouldn't be able to justify the expense of going because it's a couple grand. To go out to the the plane tickets and the tickets to the hotel it 's a two hundred dollar a night hotel uh two hundred thirty a night after tax and uh, and then the tickets to the actual event run in the hundreds as well, so it it all adds up Yep, to, taxis to, food yeah. yeah it was a uh, seventy five bucks in a taxi to go to libertopia uh, mm-hmm. this uh, so that 's the other thing you were asking about Jason was libertopia so after this radio conference ended, which was productive on its own, we went up to libertopia. I thought it was closer than it was, it ended up being you know a half hour taxi ri- uh, ride and $75 to get there. Luckily, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Paul from California, who frequently visits here in, in New Hampshire, gave us a ride back to uh, the airport. So we managed to save that. Yeah. Give him a few bucks for his uh, for his time. Nice guy. But it was great, man. The Libertopia had a whole bunch of people there. It's kind of a West Coast Liberty Convention a, at a, the Hilton Hotel in Universal City, which is basically the Universal Studios property. Uh, So we went out there, spent about four hours there before we had to go off to our our flight because our flight was at 10 o'clock at night on Saturday night. And uh, all kinds of faces and names in the the Liberty community were there. What was
0: it, Milton Friedman or something? Da- like it? David Friedman. David Milton. Friedman. Milton Friedman. I'm afraid has He's passed dead. away. Okay. His father. Yeah.
2: Well, the, you know, big names, nonetheless. Uh, were at this uh, at this event, and uh, it's my understanding it was fairly successful, all things considered. That it was the organizer uh, was very nice. Uh, Joyce. It was her first event that she's ever put together. Period. So not just it wasn't just the first Libertopia. It was the first time she's ever put an, uh, an event like this together, as I understood it. And so there were some things that she learned. Obviously, when you put a, a, an event that big together, you're going to make mistakes. And she's certainly made some and is learning from those. I don't know if it's going to happen again. Hopefully it will. The turnout seemed to be fairly decent. I think I heard there were over 300 people that were there throughout the weekend. Mark Stevens was Mark there. Mark Stevens was there and did his first show uh, live on the Liberty Radio Network from that location, which was great uh and uh, lots of other faces i recognized from going to uh, events here in new hampshire as well as people i had never met before that i uh, was glad to meet like some of the guys from freedoms phoenix uh the they, those guys were there and they were in good attendance a good crew from san diego some of west bertrand's uh, friends from complete com, they were there as well so it was great i mean for four hours it was a it was a real good time
1: yeah i spent uh, so, uh, like a Uh, several months over in California when I wrapped up Motorhome Diaries and there's a lot of liberty-loving people over there I mean it's a great community so it's great they have their own event you said Joyce um, this is our first event She's like a uh, a movie editor, a professional movie editor, so she's never done this before. And Mm So uh, was there like a blurring between like Liberty and like science fiction,
2: I heard? There were other events in the same hotel. I heard she was involved in those, but I'm not sure what the details are in that. There was like a Hollywood event
0: and a uh, sci-fi Trekkie convention of some sort. But I mean, you know, the the people that were there were attracted by... Peter Thiel and um, Stefan Molyneux, uh, uh, Richard uh, Bode, uh, Richard Stern, several big, big names in the, the liberty movement. So, uh, Mark, uh, we've got archives up at freetalklive.com,
2: and listeners can go and grab them courtesy of HostGator. Tell me about HostGator.
0: HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with our free site builder tools and templates. If you use our portal, that's hostgator.freetalklive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com.
2: Let's go quickly, and sorry for the short uh, shrift here, Joshua, in florida you're on free talk live with final thoughts for uh, for the show
5: hey there how are we doing this
2: evening gentlemen? good man but we're short on time you got about 30 seconds
5: okay i just wanted to quickly plug
7: and i hate to use your uh, giant audience to do this but that would be a good opportunity we are doing a little impromptu uh demonstration tomorrow here in orlando florida at the orlando police department uh because officer travis lamont who uh was the gentleman who broke the neck of the 84 year
5: old oh boy uh, where can people writer, learn more
2: yeah, he were, he Where can people learn more? Exonerated. You better get it out now.
5: Uh, check out OrlandoCopWatch.com. www.orlandocopwatch.com. Right, OrlandoCopWatch.com. Call us tomorrow. Let
2: us know how it goes. Thanks. We'll see you tomorrow night at
4: FreeTalkLive.com. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. The following edition
2: of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live Amp program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com.
0: And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have on the show with me an old friend of the show, George Phillies. George, are you there? I am here. How are you? I'm very good, sir. Now, you've run for president for the libertarian uh uh, you know, the, the libertarian party's nomination for president on a couple of occasions. I've had the honor to even be able to vote for you for president on the ballot.
9: That's absolutely right, and I've run for national chair several times and never made that either.
0: <laughs> but um, today you're here uh, – you're, you're running a PAC, and we're um, talking about a particular issue that I think is very important. It's uh, The PAC's called uh, Liberty for America. Is that right?
9: That's absolutely correct. We're the only independent libertarian PAC, as far as I know, anywhere in the United States, and we can support federal candidates.
0: Excellent. Now, you've got um, a a situation that's going on here in New Hampshire. Um, Now, you're going to have to correct me because I don't know all this, the legal stuff uh, nearly as well as you. But it's something like um, in New Hampshire, you need something like four percent of the the vote in like president, uh, House of uh, National House of Representatives or Senate, National Senate in order to be able to be, uh, you know, for the Libertarian Party to be considered a real party as far as the, uh, the the elections go, right?
9: The two 4% candidates this year are Senate Ken Blevins and Governor John Babiars. That's absolutely right.
0: Okay, so it's governor. Um, so the um, – and, I'll, you know, there's – there's a uh, different reason. The governor race here in New Hampshire is going to be kind of close. It's, uh, between Lynch, who's been very popular and he's a, he's a Democrat and the current governor. And it's, uh, his rival is, uh, Stefan, who used to be, um, in the, I guess, Department of Agriculture or something like that. He was, he's been some kind of a uh, politician and it's going to be a Republican year across the nation and, and it, and it could be quite close in this governor's race.
9: That's absolutely true. The Senate race, though, does not look like it's going to be close at all. The Republican has something like a 15-point lead.
0: That's, that's Kelly Ayotte, right? Current
9: bullet. That's s- right.
0: And uh, the, the the challenger, I guess, the in, in Senate is – is it Custer? No, it's Hodes. Uh, no,
9: Custer is in the 2nd Congressional District and is running as a Democrat insurgent.
0: I <laughs>
3: uh,
9: the person Go ahead. The per No, go ahead.
0: No, no, I was just I was just the chuckling.
9: Libertarian Senate candidate is Ken Blevins.
0: That's right. So Ken has a pretty uh, – the, there's really no particular reason for somebody who loves liberty to vote for Ayotte. A, she's a terrible candidate, and B, um, you know, there's, the, you, there's not much of a chance that the Democrat's going to win. So if you're one of these uh, libertarian sorts that has a warm spot in your heart for the Republican or the Democrat, then you don't have – it doesn't really matter to you very much because the candidate's likely to lose according to all the polling.
9: That's absolutely true. The Democrat, Paul Hodes, is 15 points behind. No matter which, If you happen to support a Republican or a Democrat rather than a good Libertarian, it doesn't matter. Changing your vote isn't going to affect the outcome. But voting for Ken Blevins will. It will get the New Hampshire Libertarians 4% of the vote in major party status. And that's why Liberty for America is investing very heavily within limits of our funds, in running um, Facebook and AdWords ads supporting Ken across New Hampshire.
0: Now, um, now Ken did get did pretty well. I recall having voted for Ken Blevins uh, because you know the, the the choices are just awful uh, generally. So you've got uh, the, the Libertarian candidate. It seems to me that uh, generally is a pretty good choice. He did reasonably well. It, was it two years ago when he ran? Because there's two Senate seats, and they, um, they they alternate two years and four years He between. ran
9: two years ago, and he ran, I believe it was six years ago. Okay. And two years ago, he got 3.1% of the vote. Uh, six years ago, he got something like 1% of the vote. Um, this year, he's got a little bit more of a challenge because there's a fourth-party candidate, a fourth candidate in there, another independent, and we're just trying to get Ken's name across to people so they vote for the good independent, our Libertarian Ken Blevins.
0: So if, um, if for instance he's able to add point nine percent to his uh, his previous total, then the Libertarians will be considered a real live political party in New Hampshire, and they'll be, um, you know, they'll be able to put candidates under every uh, section without having them just called independents. Is that right? Uh,
9: they. They will be able to nominate, I believe it's by convention, or they can nominate by petition, and they'll need many fewer signatures. Right now, getting on the ballot in New Hampshire is a major challenge for Mm -hmm. everyone. This will change all that. Uh, Strictly speaking, if you want to look at your ballot, you're a New Hampshire voter, you will see the word libertarian, even now, even though it's a minor party, but... You won't see it very much or in very many places. There's Ken, there's John Babiars, there are two candidates for U.S. Congress, uh, uh, Howard Wilson and uh, Phil Hodson, and um, they're all fine libertarians, and there are a few candidates for state rep. With major party status, I believe that number will go up a great deal.
0: That makes perfectly good sense. Now, um, it said, I I believe I read an email of yours that said that uh, if this happens, then the the libertarian candidates could actually have a presidential primary in new hampshire so when all the hoopla is going on about the uh, republicans and the and the democrats running uh, their uh, primary then the libertarians would be involved in that too right
9: that's absolutely correct one of the things that happens in new hampshire if you're a major party you get into the presidential primary new hampshire libertarians have done that before and one does things like going off to um, some of your sta- towns that vote very early and shake a lot of hands and make friends, and guess what? Uh, you can do very well in the sh- short-term balloting. But yes, there will be a Libertarian presidential primary if Ken can get his 4%. Just think, voters get to get contrast between a Democrat, a Republican, and a couple of grown-ups. LAUGHTER
0: so what happens if um now it, it can they lose this once you guys uh manage to get the four percent for ken uh blevins is at what point uh, can you cease to be a major party does that is there some kind of threshold for that or you just you, you do uh, it and then you are one
9: you keep having to do the same thing or you get um enough registered voters but there is a threshold and the test is applied every two years so it's not that The um, Libertarian Party can walk away from this after two years and not do anything. You've got to work to keep it. And in fact, we've lost, uh, New Hampshire libertarians have lost it at least once. But you can do it, and we're doing what we can from out of state to help New Hampshire libertarians get Ken Blevins is four percent.
0: So I, I think this is pretty important and I think it'd be pretty it'd be pretty good for the liberty movement in general and uh, the libertarian party specifically if we could have a uh, libertarian uh, primary in the state of New Hampshire where the first in the nation primary occurs and all that hoopla is going on. Um, what can one do in order to help?
9: The short form answer is that you can send money to Liberty for America so that we can make additional, do additional campaign spending for Ken Blevins? The pack name is Liberty for America. The web page is libertyforamerica.com.
0: Is it F O R? Go down. It... F
9: O R. Okay. Liberty for America, just spelled out as English words, nothing fancy. .com. Gotcha. And if you go, go down the web page to where it says donate and mark your donation for New Hampshire fundraising, we'll be delighted, and New Hampshire campaigning will be delighted to put more money into New Hampshire. If we get enough money, we can even run radio ads. So time's getting a little short for that.
0: Indeed, uh, you know I mean, this is. I, I don't. I couldn't imagine how much they they cost in New Hampshire. But I think that you know, obviously, getting people in New Hampshire. I would imagine our in our podcast, there's a slightly larger uh, percentage of people that listen to uh, you know listen in New Hampshire. So if you are in New Hampshire, it's probably a good idea to just forget about this stinking race between uh, Ayotte and, and Hodes because neither one of them's worth voting for, and just go ahead and vote for uh, Ken Blevins. Is that what you're... That... Absolutely
9: sound yeah. message. They're not worth voting for, and the polling difference between them is so large that the outcome is certain. The one way you can make a difference is to vote for Ken Blevins.
0: And the other way to make a, a difference if you're not inside New Hampshire is to go to LibertyForAmerica.com
9: dot... and invest in Ken Blevins. And this is something that Liberty for America hopes to be doing on, in the future on a much larger scale. Uh, we, In fact, right after the election is over, we're going to do polling, I expect. We're going to ask all of the people who support Libertarian Lists, which is sort of a campaign donor and other news list, mm-hmm. what they would like to see their money spent on, and then we'll start collecting for things that people want done. You Excellent. see, we're an independent Libertarian organization, and we're trying to do real politics. So libertyforamerica.com and click on Donate, you can do that if you live in New Hampshire, too, by the way. Sure. And go for it and help us elect Ken Blevins.
0: Thank you, George Phillies. I... I'm sorry, go ahead.
9: It's 4%.
0: Yeah, that's what we need. We need to, we need to get him as 4%. I don't know what the chances are of getting him elected. It's the same, it seems like the same long shot as uh, most libertarian candidates. But here, just getting up to 4%, which is only 0.9% higher, less than 1% higher than he got previously, this is a very doable goal.
9: It is a very doable goal if libertarians will stand together, support their candidates, and show up on Election Day.
0: Thank you, George Phillies.
9: Thank you very much, and have a great evening, Mark.
3: And same to you.